Welcome to Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm producer Ben Hosley, and today we are proud to present our first in a series of best of episodes from our days covering the Star Wars prequels. Now, normally, this is a podcast about directors, right? We look at filmmakers who had a massive success early on, and they got a series of blank checks to make their own crazy passion projects. Sometimes, you know, those checks clear, and, well, other times, they bounce, baby. But uh, the early days of this show were, were somewhat different. In the beginning, Griffin and David set out to record a podcast week in and week out only about The Phantom Menace. Now, some of you listeners might not be aware, but this podcast was actually once called Griffin and David Present. And for almost a year, 30-plus episodes, Griffin and David talked about nothing but The Phantom Menace, then Attack of the Clones, and finally Revenge of the Sith. And while Blank Check prides itself in being a no-bits podcast, pro-smits, no-bits, during these three miniseries, the overall bit was that Griffin and David were only aware of episode one as a standalone film, and then would discover the subsequent sequels at the end of each miniseries run. All right, that should be enough setup. So without any further ado, here is the best of the Phantom podcast. Are we here to praise Phantom Menace? Absolutely not. No. We're not here a, to investigate. Not we're here to investigate. We're here to investigate. We want to figure out what it's about because it's a weird, weird movie. Taken on its own, it's a weird well, movie. That's exactly it. We want to take this movie on its own terms. This is our key point. This is where we are changing this the game. This is a piece of cinema that came out in 1999, the most profitable, successful film of the year, most talked about movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks about it in the terms you're describing. It's the... The hinge on which this whole franchise kind of fell apart. It's so disappointing in comparison to the original films. Right. Forget the original films. We're not going to talk about them. Forget the following films. Mm-hmm. Forget the cartoons. Yep. Forget, I don't know, the holiday special. All of it. All of it. Just, just, just take it, put it in the garbage, and just leave The Phantom Menace. This introduction, this long-winded introduction that you've been listening to I is think the, it's very short. The last time you will hear us talk about the original films or the ensuing prequels or the upcoming Disney-produced Star Wars films. We're not talking about any of that ever again on this podcast. Nope. God, this guy looks like he's going to be the breakout star of the film. This is the one who's most visually appealing to me on the shelf, Watto. Oh, boy. Had to buy Watto. I went, this guy is going to be fun. He's distinctive. We'll get to Watto. We'll get to Watto. He looked cool. That's going to be a two-parter. We're going to do two episodes just about Watto. I think that might be another spinoff, actually. Uh, Just what are you talking about? (laughs) So you you got yourself Anakin. You got yourself Watto. Okay, I had the budget for probably four or five more characters. Oh. And I can't do it because I need to get a ComTech communicator. I don't know what that is. I do not know what you're (sighs) talking about. A technological breakthrough at the time. The Phantom Menace want to have your characters talk. Okay. It's the first time ever Star Wars characters come to life, they talk to you. Sure. It's the first time ever Phantom Menace won film into the franchise. <laughs> maybe it's a franchise, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Mm, you're, you're, you're getting onto rough territory. But the figures are so small. I don't know if you remember this. They're small figures. Sure. They're like, they're like three, three quarters. Yeah, he's, he's holding his fingers yeah. apart. Little, little, little penis-sized figures, right? right? Yeah. Size of like you. little penis. Yeah, little penis. Yeah, not saying like our penis. No, no, I'm saying no, no, like, no, no. Like a little. A think little of a little penis, penis and that's yeah, about right. how big the action figures were. Yeah, couldn't fit the technology inside them to make them talk. 
So each figure came with like a little like microchip. Okay. In plastic casing. And I see. And you had to buy a separate thing. Yes. To make those microchips make noise. Right. Okay. It looked like a dog tag, translucent plastic. It had a little picture of the character on it. Get the chip. Then they had the ComTech communicator, which looked like the thing that Qui-Gon uses later in the film sure. to like He's radio like to the Jedi. Yeah. It's like a space phone. It goes, oh. Right? Great dialogue. So it looked like a much bigger version of that. Yeah. And you'd get one of your chips and you'd swipe it across okay. and the sensor would just play the sound. This is sort of teaching kids to use their credit cards when they grow up. Right. Uh, that costs about $35. <laughs> and so you bought that. Bought that. Wait, how did we get on this? How did you get, or is this just. Because okay. I want to say at this point in the film, you're asking what new gun rate. Yeah, came what with does he have? Figure? Yeah, okay. he doesn't really have anything. At this point in the film, I, uh, the characters didn't come with that many accessories because they the ComTech chip. Kids are crazy about these ComTech chips. That's that's definitely why I know what those are. Yeah, kids are crazy about them. Yeah, they had a little hole in Their them. Their legacy endured. They suggest that you'd wear them around your neck. They came with a little. The contact communicator came with a little beaded chain. It's like, oh, where's the bracelet? Put it on sure. your backpack. Kids are gonna be trading contact chips like crazy. Like crazy. Like crazy. You're the queen. Deal with it directly. Talk to them. Just go. Hey, guys. You cut are it out. an elected 14 year old queen of a planet. Yeah. You maybe know how to deal with a couple of Nemodians and their donut ship. You didn't get that job by accident. You I, got it for a reason. According to Wikipedia, she brought down an unfortunate, like, a king that nobody liked. She was the leader of a political revolution in this planet. And she was, like, eight. Yeah, when she was a child. Maybe she was eight. And then she's elected queen. Yeah. Which is, you know, yeah. maybe president? I don't know. Senator or something? I don't, I don't know. Um, and, and she, you know, the minute she's elected queen, they're like, Hey, do you like to have one giant U-shaped braid around your head? She said, yes, please. And she was like, yeah. And they're like, well, it's going to be the thickness of a human arm. And they're yep. like, yeah. She was like, mm-hmm. lay it on me. This is that the- is how I want to do all negotiating. Here's the Queen Amidala story in a nutshell. I want my head to literally be just pull- being pulled back at all times by this giant braid. There's a reason she's sitting in a chair and that chair's got a back. Oh, that chair That chair has a reinforced back. She's you not know sitting it. on a stool. She's no. not standing up. She can't. She's probably 90 pounds. And then you, you add the clothes, and she's 800 pounds. If even 90 pounds. Yeah. She's she's a, light as a feather. Queen Amidala. She's story. a young woman. She's, she's not a fully grown woman. She's a girl. I'd say yeah. she's a girl. Yeah. Not yet a woman. Not yet a woman. Queen Amidala's story, in a nutshell, is she is born. Yep. She learns how to poopy in a toilet like <laughs> a big girl. <laughs> then she leads a revolution and gets elected queen. Right. Those are all of her major life events. Yeah. She's so young, she hasn't lived through anything else. No, I don't, I mean, she really, she's, uh, doesn't, uh, we don't even know how experienced she is in, in the ways of the world. She knows how to poo-poo in a toilet, but other that than that. That is true, that is true. Other than that, she might not even know how to read or write. Barely had time. We don't see her do it. Barely had time. I, I was trying to figure out her age. Uh, they use their own year systems. Of course, it's a BBY. BBY. Yeah, so I, I know. don't know. I can't even do the math because I don't understand. She was born 46 BBY, and she was elected. She was, ele- she was elected, she was elected uh, 33, 33 BBY. So she was 13 years old. Okay, so and, and but this movie is probably, it's somewhere, she could be 13, 14, 14. years old. Let's say she's yeah. 14. Fine. A yeah. Portman's dozen. Oh yeah, exactly. A Portman doesn't. Yes, perfect. Um, nice big bag of bagels. So she's a freshman in high school. That's uh, right. That's right. Well, she would have been. She had to drop out to be the democratically elected queen. <laughs> right. Exactly. Of a planet. Uh, so we're talking about Naboo, though. And Naboo, talking, Naboo as a planet, 
yeah. is its it status is it's the most gorgeous place in the world, right? Yeah, it all looks like one expensive like it's a like, retreat in Tuscany. Exactly, it's like it's like a rehab clinic. It's yeah. like it's like the whole planet was marble, it's and then promises. some people were born. Yeah, <laughs> it's promises, right? Yeah, and the people were born, and they just carved buildings out of the marble. <laughs> but the whole planet is marble yeah. and trees yeah. and waterfalls. Yeah, that's like what you see. And it's everyone's gorgeous. fashion game is on point. Everyone is wearing eight costumes at once. Yeah. It, it, like, it, I, I swear to God. Yeah. It's crazy the clothes they wear. And it's great. I like that. And no one ever says, what I love also is that no one ever says, like, Qui-Gon. And I feel like almost any other movie would have some tossed off line where Obi-Wan is like, she's wearing the fucking craziest dress I ever saw. <laughs> like, right? Some some snarky line might be tossed in if this were a, a Marvel movie, but no one says like, "Hey, lady, like, why are you wearing all that? Like, you you, try, you need to walk around right now." Well, I think this is a dangerous path because you know we talk about this too much. We could get into like very hacky like '90s Comedy Central make me laugh style routines about Padme's. This sounds great. Outfit. <laughs> let's let's do twenty minutes of that. But it also is like no, okay. I, I love her outfits. Oh, me I love too. The they costume. look incredible. They love look the incredible. makeup. But thinking about them practically, right? Yeah. Um, most countries in which the royalty or, or the appointed elected officials yeah. have some sort of uniform, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is the royal garb that you wear. It yeah. is just that. It is one uniform. Yeah, and you wear it like on special occasions, like you know, once right. a year maybe, or when you're being crowned, that kind sure. of stuff. Like the Queen of England doesn't walk around in her in her friggin' you know crown jewels. And there is a decorum for how she's going to dress on a daily basis. Sure, There's a decorum yeah. for how she's going to dress at a royal ball or whatever it yeah. is. We'll wear nice clothes, but it, nothing crazy. It's it like just a dress. Feels like every fucking week, every fucking day, she's got to put on a whole different crazy thing. And it's not just a very complicated dress, but it's the accoutrements, it's the hair, it's the yeah. makeup. And not let's not forget her. Her planet is being blockaded. Yeah. Her people are dying. She says it over and over again. Uh, Amidala, the meeting is beginning any minute now. Oh, let me put a cubic ton of hair on, like, around my head. How long do you think that's going to take? Is it a wig or is it? I I don't even know what it is. It's it's literally like some sort of, like, giant large hadron collider of hair that's just arced around my face. It just looks like she's spending, like, three hours in the hair and makeup truck every morning before they have to meet. I would legitimately love to ask Natalie Portman what it was like to wear those costumes because they are so incredible, and I'm sure she has sort of a fond memory of looking like that. She's 14. She got to dress up. Got paid money. But it must have been really crazy to, uh, to walk around in that stuff. I think she probably couldn't very well. Yeah. She's sitting in chairs a lot. It's a lot of sitting. Yeah. Big well, chairs. A lot of leaning. <laughs> like, you know, big, huge chairs. Big fucking chairs. So let's, all right, let's but, delve but into this. Talking, the all logic right, of the ahead. film, either she is taking hours to prepare yeah. for each meeting. Right. In which case, she is delaying every meeting. Sure, or maybe she just doesn't sleep. Her maybe citizens this, are maybe dying. Maybe Nubians don't sleep. Okay, or she doesn't sleep, in which case, you're telling me we got a government official. You're telling me we have someone running this entire planet, and they're operating on, what, four or five hours of sleep at best? She has to cut into her sleep? She is a kid, though. Maybe that's it. So her hair can look You know, because, like, a 14-year-old can take a lot of no sleep. When I was 14, I, I would I'd sleep, like, four hours, and I'd be running around. You know, maybe that's the reason. It depends when puberty kicks in. I right. will say Natalie Portman, you know, a, a she, The actress her. was older than 14. Natalie Portman was older. No, nah, I think she, nah, maybe not, actually. Yeah. Look, the movie was 16 years ago. Natalie Portman's probably 30, right? Yeah, something like that. 32. I think she was, like, 14. Yeah. She might have been, yeah. I just want to also point out they steal a Spaceballs joke. 
They do? They do. What's the Spaceballs joke? And tell me if I'm wrong. No, sure. But at one point when they're discussing the hyperdrive, the equipment, they mention the fact, yeah, well, we've got a bunch of the Queen's uh, clothes. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's they true. do they say that. They steal a joke from Spaceballs. And I'll say, actually, you know, now that you point out, there is that scene during the Duel of Fates, that moment during the Duel of Fates fight when um, they cut um, Darth Maul's lightsaber in half, and uh-huh. then his penis turns into another <laughs> lightsaber. <laughs> that also felt like it was stolen from Spaceballs, <laughs> is when his pee-pee turns into a laser sword. I was outraged when I saw that one in particular. Which is just, just it's blatant also, theft. It's worth noting that they're like, geez, we got a bunch of our fucking clothes. We got we managed to smuggle those on this ship somehow. Like yeah. why are they bringing her clothes? It was a last second escape. No one else in this movie ever changes their clothes. It wasn't a planned escape. They were just walking. Those, the we don't droids see those came. trunks. No. The yeah. Jedi's attack. They were just like, "What? Quick! What ship can we get on? We got to get out of here right now because it's and infested." And I mean, just like just one second, just wait one second, <laughs> and just has eight wheelie bags. Yeah, and she gets on there. Yeah, maybe there's just maybe it's just every royal ship just has a bunch of clothes preloaded yeah. in case she needs to make several costume changes during a space flight. Maybe because they all have those big flowing robes with those hoods, and you can't even see their arms. They just sort of look like little teepees. Right. Maybe underneath each of them is constantly carrying two trunks worth of clothes. <laughs> Sashe, Verite. <laughs> Verite? That's not one of them, is it? I don't know. Any, anything can be a name. <laughs> All right. Padme. Padme. Quick. Who's this yoga mo- Yoda. Yoda. I call him Yoda. I don't even remember his fucking name. This guy does not know. stick in my okay. mind. This is not a well-defined or memorable character. He's a CG creation in the Blu-ray that I watched. Yes. Um, he's, I don't know what, three feet tall. He's like a green guy with alien ears and sort of hair and like gray hair. He's like a little guy. He talks like in this sort of. This weird stilted speak I can't get the yeah, hang of. Yeah, this sort of phonetic nonsense. Yeah. And, um, and he, uh, he's kind of the, there's two bosses it seems. Yeah. Like there's two main guys in the Jedi Council. Yes. You got Yoda mm-hmm. and you got Samuel L. Jackson, an excellent actor, Academy Award nominated actor. Yeah, surprised he took yeah, such in, a small like role. A th- in like, like a few lines yeah. as as a bald uh, Jedi Knight called Mace Windu. Maybe his old friends with Lucas or something. <sighs> Who knows? He Who knows? seemed very interested in being the project. That's all I know. Yeah, I don't know why. They couldn't have paid that much. Now, there's another uh, creature yeah. on the Jedi Hot Council. Performed by a puppet. Named of Yaddle. Looks great. The proof was in the pudding right there. There's a puppet right next to you. Just do it as a puppet. You got a puppet. You got a puppet. You can't just give the lady puppet the lines, maybe? Who cares about Yoda? You have the great Frank Oz. He has played women puppets before. He has played Miss Piggy. Just get him over to the other side of the set. Stick his arm up Yaddle's butt. We know the hole is there because they're already pooping in the chair. (laughs) Just stick the arm up the chair's poop hole. This is a real insight into uh, behind-the-scenes Hollywood filmmaking Mm -hmm. right now. Yep. Yaddle. Yaddle. Female Yoda. Right. Species, Yoda's species. <laughs> so queer me and they came with a full name, but there's still no is. is there's, there's still no, no name. is. There's no I'm name. speaking like Yoda now. There's still no is name for <laughs> species there is not. Why is that species mysterious? I don't understand. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Yoda's species, okay? Now, Yaddle, also known as the one below. Jeez. I heard that. I went, does that mean she's one step below Yoda, does that mean a woman is one step below a man? Yeah, that Certainly, sounds very regressive. But Lucas has shown nothing but regressive views towards yes, to, towards all creeds and cultures. <laughs> Everyone, not his own. Everyone, he just loves othering other people. <laughs> he right? does. He's, it's a very othering movie. Okay, so that's that's what I thought. 
But then I went into this. Um, Yaddle, let me find this whole fucking entry here. Okay. There's a whole prologue I don't need to get into, right? But then, uh, as part of a raid, as part of a mission, Yaddle was captured and imprisoned in a chamber deep beneath the ground by Tulak and subjected to various forms of torture. However, the green-skinned Padawan did not give in to Tulak's torture. Yaddle was still a Padawan at this point. Which is an apprentice Jedi we've established. That's refusing to tell him. Is, yes. yes, refusing to tell him when the next Jedi would arrive to challenge the brutal Adivaz warlord after many interrogations. Yaddle simply replied that Turok's reign of terror would end. Tulak, furious that Yaddle was not buckling her to torture, decided to keep Yaddle as a hostage even though she would not submit to question. Um, what are you getting at here? so buddy? fucking long. Yeah. Um, rather than keeping his captive, I'm, I'm jumping around, Tula cruelly imprisoned Yaddle for life in her underground pit in case she ever became useful as a hostage in the future. Um, Yaddle was imprisoned for a hundred years. <laughs> wow. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Yaddle stayed in solitary confinement for in her underground prison for over a century. And her only source of provisions were the wardens, who sent down baskets of fruit and vegetables for a time. However, as supplies on Koba ran low, the warden became so preoccupied with their own survival that they slowly forgot about the one below. Wow. Yaddle's existence became the stuff of legend, though a few pitiful beings continued to send food down the shaft as sort of ritual. Yaddle relied on the force for survival. Okay, so, just again, why is this not the main character of the Thank whole you. movie? That was my point. Yeah. That's my point. Who is this Yoda motherfucker? Who cares? Oh, he got a high score on the blood test. Like, I don't care. Yaddle I want someone with some pathos. Has nary a line in this film. Not a line. Not a species. Nope. Not a... Uh, 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 that's all I got. I mean, patriarchy in full effect here. Yeah, absolutely. The I one mean, below. Now, we've been trying to say, maybe George Lucas is trying to make a point. Maybe that's Maybe there's... um. A whole grand allegory going on here. I mean, look, John McCain spent, what, five years as POW? Sure, and we salute his service. But we didn't elect him. He got close, but we didn't elect him. Not my president. Yaddle. (laughs) Over a century down below. Sure. Jedi Hot Council. (laughs) Not the master. Do you think maybe everyone else is like, well, she only got on the council because of the whole, you know, one below thing. (laughs) You know, like, she's actually not that great, but they're like, eh, well, you know, we all feel a little bad for Yaddle. They after, do. after the whole she was in prison for 100 years with no food thing. Uh, no joke. Um, when Yaddle returned to the Jedi Temple in Coruscant, the Jedi Council determined that she achieved enough unity with the Force. Uh, yeah, you think so? Oh, yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, it appears uh, this all checks out. They were looking at their little checklist. Um, yeah. I mean, you didn't actually give us a carbon of your W-2, but we're going to let that slide. Reminder, for 100 years, the last 90 of which, they forgot to give you food. (laughs) And they're just sitting in their chairs the whole time. You were imprisoned and using the Force to survive. She somehow found a way to turn the Force into nourishment. Yeah, the Force, which seems to be mostly a way to trick people and knock them onto their butts. Okay, so since she had achieved unity with the Force, they decided that she did not need any additional training. Oh, good. Oh, thank oh, you. Phew. We were going to have you run this uh, this uh, gauntlet, this hurdle course, but uh, yeah. you know what? You know what? Here's a chair. We got a chair. Uh, Yaddle, you Let's missed a couple- Let's just hook it up to the sewage system. One y- second. You missed a couple of classes, Yaddle, yeah. so we don't know if we can pass you. Yeah, you've gotten incomplete in AP Biology, but- Unfortunately, you can't just start up that class again because all of your teachers died <laughs> in the century- 
Yeah, also, none of us know who you are. Yeah, but none of us have any frame of reference. The council proposed that Yaddle be elevated to the position of Jedi Master and offered a seat on the Jedi Council, even though she was still a Padawan. So I'm absolutely right. It was a total sympathy seat. Master Yoda, feeling that it was too strong a deviance from the typical Jedi code and Jedi training, was the only council member against Yaddle's elevation. What? This guy. Well, you know what he was saying. He was like, look, um... I am the one representative of Yoda's species. Of Yoda's species. Which Maybe you've I heard named. Of me. Yeah. I'm the guy. We used to be called something else, but now we're called Yoda's species. However, after examining her story and through a quick glimpse into her future, Yoda Jesus. backed down, allowed Yaddle to join the ranks of Jedi Council. This is like Gone so Girl. You know, yeah. he's like he's like subjecting her to this terrible and terrible. She's like still on the hospital bed, malnourished, and he's like, "Were you really in prison for a hundred years?" Key detail. However. Through examining her story, not enough, and through a quick glimpse into her future. Not uh, only did Yoda little, think she glimpse. had served her time. A little glimpse. Down below, he had to take a little glimpse in the future and go, oh, Let's take fine. a peek. And he's like, are we married? What? Fine. We're not? Oh, yeah, right. Jedis aren't allowed to get married. Forget it. Yaddle is not the main character. That's crazy. This should be called the Yaddle, the, 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 the epic saga of Yaddle. The Yaddle menace. Yaddle Wars. If you want to start a franchise off on a good foot, right? Because as we say, Georgie boy, too steeped in the mythology. Georgie Porch. Right. Not giving us just a good story. Because episode one, you want to launch off with some great characters that we all love, get us on board emotionally, and then you can flesh out the world. Instead, it's like, oh, here's this kid. Eh, the end. Like, loose end, loose end, loose end. Yeah. Episode one should all take place in the pit. Yeah. It should just be uh, episode one, colon, the pit. The one below. The one below. Star Wars, Episode 1. Yaddle, Episode 1, The Love Below. What if it was called Star Wars, Episode 1, colon, Below? <laughs> Star it's Wars, it's Episode the, below. the 1, Below. <laughs> this kid's got off-the-charts midi-chlorians. Qui-Gon thinks he might be able to bring balance, and no one's noticed it until now? You're telling me they're going all around the galaxy trying to find all these different... They find people of all creeds. Colors, sexual orientation, socioeconomic background. Just shut it all down. From the moment they're born and go, we're taking your kid. Yep. We're making him a wear creepy, brown clothes. dickless <laughs> Jedi asshole. Yep. Uh, his job will be sitting in a poop chair <laughs> in the tallest <laughs> in tower chair. in Garza. Right. I forgot we established that they're, that they're, they're toilet just chairs. pooping constantly in those chairs. Because <laughs> they never stand up from the chairs. All we see Qui Gon do throughout the movie is brainwash people mm-hmm. and murder people. Yeah. That is all that he, he does. He does this hand wave thing. He tries to convince people of other things. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, uh, messes with a chance cube. Messes with which, a goddamn uh, chance cube. You know, like, is nothing if, sacred? Yeah, exactly. If you can't trust a chance cube, how are you going to get any bets done? That's how we're supposed to make these decisions that are too big for mere mortals. What if it's, like, it's a thing where you want to roll a 50-50 chance of something happening? You know, there's only one way to do it. It would be a six-sided die in which three are colored blue and three are colored red. And then if blue comes up or red comes up, then you know who's one. That's the only way to figure this out. Look. That's the only way to, to, to decide a 50-50 yes. chance. Yes. Well, what are you going to do instead? Pick something with two sides on it and I don't understand what you're talking about. I don't understand what you're talking How about. How would that work? No. I you don't understand. six-sided chance cube. Yeah, a chance cube. A chance exactly. cube. You know, the, the simplest form on Earth is a perfectly even sanded cube. Yeah. And those are so easy to create. Yeah. And impossible to mess with. Yeah. You can't create a loaded one. Oh, well, actually, you can. You can't, create you can't mess with them cube. with the force. Oh, well, no, actually, you can. can. Yeah. Uh, but still, Other you know. Other than that, it's, it's a perfect 
form of decision making. All good flying Jews have them in the Star Wars universe. Exactly. I'm sorry, in the Phantom Menace universe. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm saying the Phantom. No, no, I know what you're talking about. I know it's the Star Wars universe, but since we only got this one film, why call it the Star Wars universe? It's the Phantom Menace universe. The Phantom Menace verse. I think there was another name you wanted to tell me. There was one name in particular. You oh, seem, there is. Seem very interested in. This is a pre-show. Adi Gallia, Evan Peel, but this is the one I really want to tell you. Sefo Diaz. This is the one I really want to tell so you. This is the guy with the very long neck and yes. then a head uh, right at the, Sort of. He's got a bit of a Jedi Temple head yes. to him, or Jedi Council. Maybe head. they modeled it after him. Yeah. He looks like a Q-tip. <laughs> he has some of the most expressive character animation I've ever seen because, of course, if a character has a really long neck, it means their neck is constantly going to be moving. moving around. So in the like background of every shot, his neck is He's just sort of wiggling. Yeah. Just wiggling, right? His head is staying still and the neck is wiggling while the head stays in position. Right. Um, and his name is, I genuinely don't know what his name is. Yariel Poof. <laughs> okay. Y A R. A-E-L. Not a bad first name. Poof. <laughs> now, David. Yeah. We're good friends. We are. We've known, known each other a, little a long while. time. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I know about you is that you spent your adolescent years living in London, England. In the United Kingdom. That's right. Uh, poof uh, has a mm. slang meaning there, does it not? I want to point out this movie shot in the United Kingdom. Uh-huh. Almost, almost entirely. Yep. Yep. Now, poof does have a slang meaning in that country, doesn't it? It's slang uh, derogatory mm-hmm. what might be the word you want to use. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, an offensive word to mean uh, a homosexual man. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting you bring that up because I'd like to tell you what the name of the species <laughs> that Yariel Poof falls into. Can I tell you? Yeah, you can tell. He's a queer man. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> what? What? He comes up with all the names, right? From the homeworld of Queermia. Oh, my God. He's a Queermian male. Q-U-E-R-M-I-A-N. How how did you not lead with this when we were talking about, like, Jedi sex lives? Queermian. I had to save it. Yeah. Well, you you did a good job. He is two letters away from just being called a queer man. (laughs) And his last name is Poof. Is Q-U-E-R... M I A N. Oh God! He's a queer man from the planet. He's really Queer-mia. just one changed vowel and then moved forward. That's all you need. He created a queer man alien named Yariel Poof. So we've spent a lot of time in the past talking about the um, racist, yeah, connotations yeah. of certain characters' behaviors, Accents, vocal patterns, names, occupations. Yes. Uh, 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 interest in money, goals. <laughs> Uh, uh, circumcision strategies. <laughs> um, we thought it was views on women. Yes, we thought it was just limited to race. Yeah, to other cultures. Right. Is George Lucas Jewish? But I thought he was Jewish. Is he not Jewish? I think he's not. Yeah. Anyway, we can we can figure that out later. Yeah. Um, but no, George Lucas also apearently hates, <laughs> he hates people, people of different sexual orientations. What is the matter with him? What is the matter with I him? I think that he literally, like, when he's naming, coming up with the names, he gets, like, a few good ones, like Darth Maul. That's good, mm-hmm. right? You know? And yeah. then after a while, he's like, I don't know, eh, queer poofter, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's terrible. Uh, can I read a little description from Yariel Poof's um, uh, you can. W- Wikipedia entry. I, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll allow it. Uh, his backstory isn't that interesting, but uh, I want to get into this. This is talking about the Queermian race. Yeah. Okay? Some of the things that define the Queermian race. 
As a queer man, Poof's unusually long legs, body, and neck caused him to stand some three feet taller than other humanoid species. Okay. Sure. That's what we saw. Yeah. In addition to his upper arms, Poof has an additional set of delicate arms, which he hid under his cloak. Mm-hmm. Weird. Hid them. Secret arms. Keeping something a secret. Possessing remarkable dexterity because of the extra set of limbs, Poof's sensitive olfactory glands were located in his hands. Nose hands? Yep. Poof has four hands, and he uses them to smell things. He had two brains, one located inside his skull and the other in his chest. It's pretty cool. I thought I should share this cool stuff. <laughs> I know we spent a lot of time talking about how how unfortunate Why isn't the there naming. More of this guy? Why is it so much of the stupid Yoda guy yeah. who's just like me, 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 you know, and and Samuel L. Jackson phoning it right in. He They're basically skyped in. that performance yeah. in, except Skype hadn't been embedded yeah. yet. Um, and then you, you've got a two-brained gay icon <laughs> sitting like three chairs over. Hold on, hold on. We don't know that Yariel Poof is gay. <laughs> in our first episode, we said maybe this movie is about politics. Maybe it's about how politics and, and, and systems and the endless bureaucracy. Like the right. How how it prevents things from getting done. Yeah. You know? Like the wire. Yo, you guys seen the wire? How government is is inherently flawed. Yes. And yes. how it prevents actual social change. Right. Societal change. And then in the second episode we said that it's kind of, we said kind of said the same thing. Uh, we, Amidala. Yeah. God, we're a bunch of. It was the death. It was the death bags. of the culture, exactly. the high society, right, right. all yeah, of yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. The about... silly tomfoolery. If you have the time to create decoys and everything, then maybe that needs to collapse. Exactly. But the, this, the death of aristocracy. This episode, I'm, I'm arguing the opposite. That maybe the Jedi's are the ones who need to be taken down. Yeah. Well, we're, it's about like the the ossified like sort of structure of religion and how it prevents any kind of advancement or change. Right. So better to let the democratically elected officials. Yeah. Well, those guys aren't great either. We might need a revolution. Maybe we need some kind of like figurehead uh-huh. who can lead the whole galaxy. If you know what I'm saying. You're like, saying you need like a new hope to come in. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. A change. Wow. We just need, we kind of need to brush a lot of old things aside. But you know, sometimes the only thing that keeps uh, star systems in line is fear. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe, maybe the answer is repression. Repression. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. We don't we'll know. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. It's too bad he's never going to get to make any more of these. Man, how many it's more w- times are we going to watch this movie? It's so many more times. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird for how well this film did. Because at the time of its release, it was the third Murdered. highest grossing film of all time, second Murdered. highest grossing. And still, people were no talking about it for so long. People lined up to buy tickets. It was crazy how people were so excited. The hype was huge. Huge. Everyone went to see it, and then just it stuck in development hell, apparently. I mean, we haven't really, I'll admit, we have done absolutely no research <laughs> no on research. the other movies, if they were ever planned, if anything ever happened with them. There must be scriptments. <sighs> Floating around the internet. What we've got right now is the Phantom. That's all we got. That's what we've got right now. Maybe in a future later date, we'll talk about something else. But right now, what we've got is the Phantom Menace. Maybe when we're sixty, I don't know if Lucas ever gets off his hind and if he gets off one of his uh, Jedi poop chairs. Yeah, you know what's so weird to me? I looked this up the other day. Producer Ben like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I looked this up the day. Uh, I because I, I, I just realized I'm, I misspoke here. I said if Lucas ever gets off his, his hide and, and uh, decides to make another film, 
I found out he sold his production company, Lucasfilm, hmm. to Disney. Oh, well, he, did he make, he probably made like what, like five, six million dollars from that a sale? A billion. Wait a second. For one movie? Okay. He also produced the film Tucker, A Man in His Dreams. Oh, about the guy who uh, made a car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola, uh, yeah, Jeff yeah, Bridges. Right. I yeah, think it did yeah. about yeah. 13 million domestic in the U.S. <laughs> Got a couple Oscar nominations. Uh, two, I think. Dean Stockwell, I think, was nominated for that. And not, no, um, Lando was nominated. Lando. Lando yeah. Calrissian. <laughs> Martin Lando Calrissian. <laughs> the great, I don't know where that name came from. The great Martin Lando Calrissian. <laughs> uh, go on. <laughs> I talk you 12 points. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Um, yeah, he he met right. He produced a few other movies: Radioland Ra- Murders, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Howard the Duck, uh, uh, Willow. Ooh, Willow! Uh, he did do the Indiana Jones films. Yeah, I've heard of those. Yeah, uh, yeah. they're fun. Yeah, they're good fun. Yeah. There's, there's like least one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, I mean, I think maybe Disney, you know, was like could have like. You know, gone back to the accountants, like thought, like, eh, yeah, maybe shouldn't have taken Lucas's first offer. But hey, there's a lot to play around with. <laughs> you, you've got the the nose hand Jedi, <laughs> and you've got you know Boss Nass. Like, there's a lot of things you can kind of elements. Chance play. cubes. Yeah. So yeah. maybe, maybe why they... isn't Disney selling chance cubes? They should be selling chance every cubes. time. I'm like, should I do this or that? Yeah. And I'm like, what do I do? Where are the chance cubes? As a former part-time Disney store employee, <laughs> I can tell you, chance cubes would be flying off the shelves. You could price those things at the low, low price of eight hundred dollars. Oh my god! Every household would want one. A jewel encrusted chance cube. One <sighs> side it's rubies, the other side it's sapphires. like sapphires. Yeah, sapphires. Yeah, you just need two different colors. Yeah. Um. Maybe, maybe that's why Disney bought the company. Chance you know? cubes. Yeah, they, they were like watching the movie and they were like, no, no, I'm saying. And then, and then Watto takes out a chance cube and the guy was like, whoa, wait, what's that? What's that? What's that? Get this guy on the phone. What's his name? What's his name? Mucus. <laughs> um, maybe, no, maybe they bought it because they see potential in the Star Wars universe, the Phantom right. Menace universe. Yeah. Or maybe, and we have to consider this as a possibility in Hollyweird. Maybe they just wildly overbid on Strange Magic. Yeah, Strange Magic, man. Maybe they spent five billion dollars on Strange Magic. I thought it was one billion dollars. Really? I, I have no idea. I think it's more. You haven't actually introduced our guest yet. Oh, his name's Connor Allen. <laughs> there we go. Hi. Sorry, just wanted Hello. to do a... The great Connor, hey, Connor. Allen. Anyway, so the purpose of this podcast is to nail you to the wall, just like the jinx nailed Bobby Durst to the wall. All right, let's do it. We yeah. want to jinx you. By the way, we record these podcasts a month in advance of their release. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. This this reference is hopelessly outdated at this I, point. Uh, one, of, one of my jokes that I came up with on the fly during the South by Southwest show that I was proud of and it went over pretty well was that George Lucas... Uh, was under the impression that The Jinx was a TV series that starred Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> thought that was his new series. And George watched uh, four episodes before, before he finally he, he realized this is not Jar Jar's new show, right. The Jinx. Because it does feel like one of those things when like Puff Daddy became P. Diddy, yeah. that like, yeah. Jar Jar Jinx would just be like, just, no, no, call me Sir The Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> call me Sir The Jinx. Um, he and thought I it said, was. He ju- thought that, yeah. that all the blinking was like a foreshadowing of like Jar Jar blinks. Like that was a little bit of a like he's on his way. Yeah, Jar Jar does blink, drink, uh, blink very deliberately. Yeah. In, in the Phantom Menace, his yeah. blinking is. Yeah. So he moves his whole head just like Robert uh, Durst. For you listeners at home, uh, David is moving his whole head <laughs> while he blinks. Yeah. We we want to get. I want to get Connor's opinion on Coruscant. How do you feel about Coruscant? 
The whole planet's a city. We've talked about this a, a lot. Planet, right? Yeah. The whole planet's one big city. illogical this is. And it's addressed in the commentary. The designer's like, very exciting to make Coruscant. The whole planet's a city. You know, doesn't go into like the, the absurdity of that statement. The whole planet is one city <laughs> is the direct wording, yeah. which is not possible. Uh, if, if you, it just sprawls until it fills the whole planet, right? Yeah, but then how, what, uh, yes. what would downtown Coruscant be? It would be on one hemisphere. It would be on one. Right, you, but then eventually it would turn into uptown Coruscant, would it not? Um, you definitely have to change your way of thinking. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You have to rethink what a city is. <laughs> but can a city sprawl to fill a whole planet without dividing itself into multiple cities? You you say yes? Well, it's not me saying yes. It's, it is what it is. It happened. <sighs> Saying that Coruscant isn't one big city is like saying that uh, those droids didn't explode. Yeah, they did. They did. I mean, it, it is what happened. The planet is a city that covers the whole face of the planet. So yeah. the concept of uptown and downtown is an outmoded way of thinking of what a city can be. It's you're the problem, you're Griffin. The problem. Yeah, as usual. Before we move away from uh, Terrence Stamp, I just want to quickly note that I have read in, a, in perhaps that same interview, that same quote, that uh, he was disappointed not only because he had to act against no one, had to act against a ping pong ball, but specifically he did the movie because he had a crush on Natalie Portman. Ooh, wow. Who yeah. at the time was 14, Terrence Stamp was... I don't know, 108. Yeah. <laughs> He's an old man. That suddenly uh, shifts the story <laughs> yeah, into one where it's like Lucas is the hero of that story. <laughs> yeah. Where he's like, he's no, like, I'm keeping Natalie I'm, Portman away from you. You're Get gonna, me a ping pong ball. <laughs> talk, to that penguin, uh, talk to that ping, ping pong ball as if it is something that is yeah. illegal for you to do with. <laughs> I think Natalie Portman may have been 16. Oh, which in England is age of consent. That is correct. It is. Yeah. A, so it's that's all why they filmed overseas. Up in that's yeah. the only reason it's they filmed in England. England. <laughs> right, Darren Stamp insisted. Film in England. No, film I mean- with her. Wait, what's this? <laughs> I can't be with that. It's a ping pong ball. <laughs> the thing that I think would have fixed this movie is uh, rather than putting all your comedy chips into this Buster Keaton slapstick uh, digital character, um, if there had been a character in this movie who was charming and roguish, and who undercut yeah. the movie. Who maybe sort of poked fun at a little bit of the self-seriousness of the other characters. I think there's a candidate for this. I've spoken to both of you mm-hmm. about this prior to this, that yeah. Captain Panaka, uh, if that character had been played by any comedian that you like, picture anyone. We were throwing sure. out names. The first name that popped into my head was Vince Vaughn. Yep. Just because I was thinking, it doesn't even have to be, like a lot of people don't like Vince Vaughn. But, but, but think, at that point in time, he was, you know, yeah. just just emerging in a big yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. But I think if you put him into that role, um, another name we threw out was like Bernie Mac. If Bernie yeah. Mac, Bernie was Mac would that destroy role. it. And because basically that character spends most of the movie saying, this is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should do this. Yeah. Which is a great angle for a comic character to have to be like, uh, listen, this is a bad idea. I didn't sign up for this. Right. Um, how popular would a character be in a movie like this? Mm. If he or she was like, listen, sister, I'm just in it for the money. I got to get out of here. I got other stuff I got to do. I don't want to be in a Star Wars adventure. I got my own stuff going on. Absolutely. I think if you cast someone charming and likable and allowed them to kind of say, you know, this is bullshit. I don't like being in a Star Wars adventure. I got to go live my life. And then you keep wrangling him back into it. He's like, well, here I go again. Yeah, that sounds like that would be the key character in a Star Wars film. Yeah, maybe the, almost the fulcrum point for a lot of characters who are much more idealistic. And it doesn't have to just be a comic character. You could have given maybe Captain Panaka and uh, uh, 
Queen Abadala could have had a little fling or something. That'd be great. I, I think Terrence Stamp just entered into the running again, if that's the case. Yeah, he's, yeah, he, he's he, going to have some harsh agents, words for you. His I've, agents are calling. That's so. right. I've written a list of jokes, <laughs> roguish jokes. <laughs> Terrence Stamp's a very funny actor. I shouldn't, uh, it shouldn't be, really be down funny. on Terrence yeah. Stamp. Uh, of course, as always, we have with us here uh, the Ben Deucer himself, the mm-hmm. pro-doer, producer Ben. Hello, Fennel. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to say something that makes sense. Hello, gentlemen. Okay. Hello, uh, Fennel. Producer Ben, you are not allowed to edit that out, and now Hello Fennel is our No, I'm editing that out. You are not. Damn it. No, you I are don't not. think so. Hello Fennel. Hello Fennel. Hello Fennel. We're going to make Hello Fennel t-shirts. It was like, <laughs> it was fellas and gentlemen all wrapped up into one. Hey, it was perfect, and now we have a catchphrase. We didn't have a catchphrase, we didn't have a t-shirt, now we got both. So we're going through the INDB cast list of The Phantom Menace, going one performance at a time, and judging whether or not we think they're good. David and I have to agree. Mm-hmm. And then we'll tally up a point for either the good column or the bad column. If Dave and I are in a deadlock, Hello Fennel himself, Purdue or Ben, God damn it. will be the tiebreaker. I'm the Robert Duvall of the judge. Wait. No, yeah, he was the judge. Oh, he was right? judge, yeah. He, he was the, the judge, judge. yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Who is the judge in the judge, though? Like, is there another judge judging the case of the judge? Yeah, I don't even remember who it okay. is. Okay, all right. Yeah. Have you ever seen the judge? No, we talked about this on the first episode. Okay. We should maybe do a whole podcast about the judge. <laughs> It's a good idea. Yeah. Have I ever told you this story? Uh, I was on vacation with my uh, family. Okay. How old are you? Um, I was uh, nine, eight or nine. Okay. Um, I think I was nine. And my uh, it's the year before Phantom Mass comes out. Right. 1998. Right. And the movie is top secret at this point. Okay. No one knows anything other than the cast. Right. And uh, we're walking into uh, our hotel and sitting there. Oh, boy. In the hotel lobby at the bar, slumped over. Oh, man. Is Liam Neeson. Right. The great Liam Neeson. Wait, is his hair long? Does he have the Qui-Gon hair? No, probably I think it's not. short hair. Yeah. I think it was a wig. It's probably a wig. Yeah. It's, a, it's weird hair. And they'd wrap filming. I mean, as you remember in the commentary, they said a lot of shots were filmed like a year later. Right. <laughs> so I think they shot the movie in 97. Yeah. There was like a that year of post, then reshooting, and then, right. Yeah. So this was, this was probably a year after principal photography had wrapped. And uh, he's sitting there like real drunk, right? Right. Uh, in retrospect, I have a very clear image of him in my head. I don't think I identified him as drunk, even though I knew he was at a bar. But now I saw it. This is like, this he, is he's a functional drink. Right, yeah. Yes. And uh, my dad goes, Griffin, do you know who that is? And I go, no. And he goes, that guy is the lead in the new Star Wars movie. He knows what's going to appear. He's not going to say, that guy was in Schindler's List. Yeah, he's no. going to say, that guy's in the new Star Wars movie. He knew that right. was going to blow my mind. I right. went, really? He went, yeah, he is like the new Jedi, I think. And I went, oh, my God. And he went, do you want to meet him? And I went, y- y- yeah. And so my dad brings me over, and he goes, hi, Liam. I'm sorry to bother you. And he, like, says, yeah, yeah. And he goes, uh, this is, these are my sons, uh, Griffin and Jamesy. Uh, we called my brother Jamesy at the time. Sure. Uh, As you still do. Yeah. And uh, uh, they're big fans of Star Wars, and they wanted to meet you. And he went, oh, hi, nice to meet you boys. Uh, you know. Sure. He's polite. Um, right. Shook my uh, tiny, tiny baby hand, hand with his hand, which is the size of a head. Right. And uh, I said, uh, uh, excuse me, sir, can you tell me what the new Star Wars movie is about? Fair. Right? That's all I want to know. Right. And he went, I can't tell you anything, but I can tell you it's going to be magic. Wow. And he was right. The best one yet. The best one yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's never forget your review. <laughs> but I think that's very sweet. That's a nice story. He seems sincere when he said it. Right. 
I think he hadn't seen an assembly of the footage yet. <laughs> right. Well, I, I mean, you imagine he shot the film largely against yeah. screen, so he yeah. may have literally just meant like, I can't tell you because I, I don't know. You. I don't know. Because uh, it was so perplexing to make this film. Yeah. But I assume that magic will ensue to turn it into a good movie. Right, right. Next performance. Andy, Andy Seacombe. Seacombe, I think. Seacombe. Yes. Another English actor. A Welsh actor, I believe. Credited as Andrew Seacombe mm-hmm. in the role of Watto. Yes. Um, son of the late Sir Harry Seacombe, CBE. I think another, another, another actor. actor. So it comes from a line of actors. Um, so he plays the role of Watto. Mm-hmm. Now, we haven't talked a lot about Watto. Uh, my favorite character in the film. Yeah. Uh, he had done a lot of TV and a couple small British films before episode one. And since episode one, he has largely reprised the role of Watto. In video games. And uh, Lego specials. Who knows how he got this role? I'm Yeah, it's it's kind of curious. I'm assuming he's mostly a stage actor, right? Uh, one, one assumes. Yeah. And uh, he's got the voice. He's doing a very pronounced voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you want to do an impression of Watto. I will in one second. I okay. just want to point out he's been married to Caroline Bliss since September 1995. Good for him. 20 years. Nice to make it 20 work. 20 years this September. A marriage is a full-time job, you know? It's You're not a walk me. in the park. You're telling me. We've been married for 25 years. We David look forward to our few sequel podcast about our marriage. About our marriage. Yeah, talking marriage. Uh, uh, I have a great faith in the boy. It's... it's uh, I really don't, I don't know what to say about this performance. I love Watto. You know I am in the tank for Watto. This entire, the genesis of this podcast was you tweeting the words Watto, though, and me replying to it. That was the whole tweet. And that came four months, at, that's literally why this podcast exists. That, that we started tweeting Watto jokes at each other. Yeah. You brought up the chance cube. <laughs> yeah. Then we took it from Twitter to a private text message and went, wait a second, should we do? Yeah. We started just texting each other names of episode one characters <laughs> to see who could come up with the funnier name, who could have the better pull, and then you went, wait, we should do a podcast. Yeah. That yeah. is the origin yeah. of this. <laughs> Initially, this was going to be like a 30-episode podcast where we only talked about one character Each episode, we just went into the backstory of one character yeah. and discussed it for an hour. Okay. I think we need to... Watto, comma, T-H-O. That came off of a very successful run of tweets I'd had six months later where I wrote, bad news, went to the doctor today, tests are inconclusive, but he thinks I have Watto fever. <laughs> And then kept on posting about Watto fever and the side effects with different pictures of Watto. And those tweets got literally in the sixes or sevens of retweets. Um, I love Watto. He was the first action figure I bought. Uh, I remember distinctly, uh, you asked last week as part of the um, uh, Taco Bell, uh, uh, Phantom Menace, uh, KFC, Pizza Hut, Rule the Galaxy thing, which planet was which. Uh, most Esley was most Espa, sorry, most uh, uh, misspeak there for random gibberish. Yeah, yeah. uh, most Espa was uh, definitely um, the Taco Bell uh, t- Tatooine, right? The, <laughs> the plant trashiest, Tatooine. the trashiest one. Because I remember, in addition to uh, each store having like eight toys you had to collect, uh-huh. in a future episode, I want to read out the list of all these toys because the names of them are incredible. <laughs> sure, and you can imagine what kind of gimmicks they're each like a little spring loaded thing, yeah, with amazing titles. Uh, but they also each had uh, cups, collectible cups, not like collectible yeah. glasses. No, I, yeah, like plastic cups. They were yeah. big plastic, like big gulp cups. And the design of the cups were the body of its respective character. Each I, store had four cups. Okay. This is the merchandise sidebar for this week. Right. Each store had four cups, 
So the cup just looked like Watto's body. It looked like Watto's tummy. Yeah. With his little legs. And then the top of the cup, there was like a bust of the character. Okay. It was actually more than a bust because it had arms that you could move and a head. So it was like Pretty half cool. of an action figure on top of a cup. You'd stick a straw on Watto's back. And I had that cup and I drank the shit out of it. I bet you did. I drank the shit from it. I drank the <laughs> shit out of the stuff out I of- drank from that cup. We understand. Um, Watto cup was my favorite. Watto is my best friend. I'm strongly going to vote for this being a good performance. All right, I'm not going to argue with you. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I thought that was going to be a fight. No, because I think that, again, I probably have a lot of problems with Watto as character and uh-huh. Watto as voice, but he sells the shit out of the voice. And he's funny. He's yeah. got good yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's yeah. this? A Jedi thing? Uh, yeah, no, it's true. And that's an important moment because, yeah. I'm you a know, toydian. Uh, we don't uh, do Jedi toydarian, tricks. Toydarian. Toydarian. Uh, yeah, fuck. no, it's, uh, you know, the Jedi have been invincible thus now, and he... He gives, yeah. He gives such a good, and he's got a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, he's well animated. Watto's a great yeah, character. A great it's character. just Watto's one of the great characters yeah, in just, in all of as modern cinema. David Schwimmer made me aware he is a bit of a Jewish slaver. Yeah, and, and he's got an uncircumcised nose. This, and may, maybe it was an immaculate birth. Maybe she just didn't want to tell Anakin that Watto was her father. What if we come up with the theory that Watto is Anakin's father? What if we come up with the theory that Anakin is half Jewish? Not Jewish in the eyes of the Lord because his mother probably right. isn't Jewish. It's unclear. Yeah. What if his, what if. Oh boy. Am I going to say it? Yeah. What if Anakin's penis is a little blue truck? <laughs> what if Anakin's penis, his seven year old little boy penis, looks like Watto's nose? <laughs> Watto's uncircumcised nose. We're going to email George Lucas. <laughs> We'll hopefully have an answer for you by next week. I assume he'll get back to us shortly because he's not working anything right now. Yeah, he's uh, George Lucas at example.com. Example.com. He's going to email us back and tell us whether Anakin has but, a little baby uncircumcised blue penis. All right. Goodbye. Um, goodbye, great everybody. Uh, another great week. <laughs> <laughs> another one for the record books. Uh, five episodes of just talking about <laughs> the Phantom Menace. And not acknowledging anything else. <laughs> not not comparing it to other movies no. that may or may not exist. <laughs> and, uh, all right. All stemming out of one tweet. <laughs> Watto, though. Watto, comma, T-H-O, period. Watto, though. Hey, guys, we're about halfway through. I just wanted to check in and remind everybody to look forward to later this month we'll be doing an episode on M. Night's new film, Split. That'll be January 23rd. And then starting in February, we'll begin our new miniseries on the films of Steven Spielberg. The DreamWorks years. Uh, We'll be picking up with The Lost World, the lead on that series. All right, enough of me. Let's just jump right back into it. David, you're saying, oh, that would be crazy. What isn't crazy in a movie that takes place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? What isn't crazy? Everything's crazy. I guess so. A galaxy far, far away? Okay, I'm on board. A lot of movies take place in different galaxies. A long time ago? A long time ago. You're telling me this is the past? Well, how else will George Lucas know to write about it? Oh, you're right. Yeah. We can't, we can't write about it. Assum- I'm not. assuming he unearthed all of this information somehow. How long are we talking? A eh, couple years. You think it was just like 15 years ago? <laughs> In the 80s. Yeah. 
It takes place. <laughs> but in a galaxy far, far yeah, 1982 away. 1982 in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> right. You know, David, one of the reasons we started this podcast was so that we could spotlight some of the characters and the sidelines of the Phantom Mass who jumped out to us and go on Wikipedia and find out yeah. how deep the rabbit hole goes. Yeah. And I think this episode has finally provided me with a moment to talk about... You want to talk about Gragra? I want to talk about Gragra. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. Watto, Boss Nass, and Tarpoles were my holy trinity as a 10-year-old, I'd right say now. my holy trinity now is Gragra, TC-14, and Gragra. <laughs> I am all about that Gragra. Now, just to give you... A- uh, people to give our audience, you people, <laughs> you people, a, uh, you a reminder dirty of who Gungans. this is. You might remember that at a certain point in the movie, Jar Jar's walking among the markets of Mos Espa. It's right after he stepped in poop. <laughs> and he goes, oh, and he spends yeah. five fucking minutes on that. Right, he steps in poop, then he almost trips, and he <laughs> yeah. falls over. And he, t- uh, he grabs some food. Uh, he, just yes. uh, is it a living thing? Oh, I can't yeah, remember. Yes. It's like a frog almost yes. or something. And he pops it in his mouth. Yes, there's like a lizard type creature hanging at a little stand. It's yeah. like a, a, a most likely it's like a, a open marketplace. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, Mos Espa. There's all kinds of things you could say about the sort of third world of Tatooine and the right. way that's presented, right. and, but, and but this it, is one of the things. It, yes. it feels a little like a, a open air Moroccan market. Yeah. And um, these lizards are on display. Yeah, so he there, just grabs one. There's a very, very, by our standards, ugly creature. Yeah, a sort of somewhat scary, heavy scary. set creature with big eyes and uh, sort of horns instead yeah, of hair. Super sharp teeth. And teeth. Uh, with a big knife. Jar Jar yes. sees one of these lizards. He grabs it with his tongue and tries to eat it. This creature's like, yeah. angry. And Jar Jar's like, oh, no, no. And they step away. Uh, I believe what Gragra says is is quoted on her Wikipedia page, which is okay. Yuama Wonka, Kagoba Whoopi Whoopi. That's right. her one line. Right, that is <laughs> her uh, one line, <laughs> which I believe means you have to pay for that. It costs three Whoopi. Yep, seven Whoopi whoop, whoop, Sorry, that's what the that's what the uh, currency is. Um. So, so <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so I, I, we were playing a game, and we started well, playing when we, this podcast. When we started planning out this podcast. Who can come yeah. with the more obscure character yeah. name from yeah. Recall to yeah. bring up here? And then I was sending you a bunch of pictures of Gra-Gra, <laughs> and I realized I should find out who Gra-Gra is, right? So we just described the entirety of Gra-Gra's <laughs> screen time. it. She says that one line. Oh, she right, shakes. she. That's the first thing we found out. Yeah, it's, it's a female, which is not clear. Presents as male. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine, but that's fine. Right. Um, so that was a surprise right off the her, bat. Her her species is a Swokes Swokes. A Swokes Swokes, okay? That's what the species is called. Here's Gragra's biography. You guys got to just read this entry, by the way. You should have it open. On Wikipedia, read along right with now. us. Yeah. In 32 BBY. Gragra, G-R-A-G-R-A. Gragra demand that Jar Jar Binks play the seven whoopie. Whoopie. I don't know. For a gorg, that's what those lizards are called. The gorg he ate from the market, salsa bowl, but then started to bully Jar Jar as revenge for the latter, inadvertently ruining his meal by spitting out into the pot. Oh, right. Jar Jar then spits out the thing because Gragar's like, eh. Gragar left the issue unattended. Yeah. Okay, that's what we know. That's the film. Here's how Wikipedia then moves on with this... Uh Gragar regretted her harsh behavior and on later reflection realizing that perhaps it had been caused by trouble at home. There's nothing to say. Just carry on. She spoke to her husband, Grognak, 
only to discover that he was as emotionally distant as he had always been. This is on the internet for you guys to read right now. This is canon. Yep. This encouraged her to sell enough gorgs, including sauces created from them, to buy her own ship so that she could leave her husband and her life of quiet domestic oppression behind, becoming a symbol to gorgmongers everywhere. By the way, that's her uh, title. She is a gorgmonger. That is what her job is. She eventually left Mos Espa to work elsewhere, which caused the gorg population in the sewers to grow considerably over the following years. Homeless people often fed on these gorgs. Why isn't she the lead character of the fucking movie? <laughs> well, or, or at least, why aren't we seeing all of that in a spinoff? This is the Yaddle conundrum again. Here's it's a character true. with an interesting arc. Oh my arc. god, what a rich, rich backstory. An interesting arc. She's like the Norma Ray of Gorgmongers. <laughs> Not only that, but she is like the fulcrum point in Masa Espa's Gorg-like community. The entire economy changes. Yeah, without her, they overrun the city. <laughs> And they feed the homeless. This is a fucking movie. <laughs> and forget that, like, uh, quiet domestic oppression. That's this is the hours. Quiet domestic oppression. <laughs> that's heartbreaking. Uh, symbol to gorgmongers everywhere. What ship does she get? Where does she leave? See, I love the salty, and it's not like she has an abusive husband. Her husband just doesn't really appreciate What's his her. Na- his and name love again her. is um, Grognak. Is a Grognak who does not have a Wikipedia entry. By the way, let's get on that. Oh boy. Well, people said to me, I went, how is it racist? And they went, Jar Jar Brinks is, is an offensive stereotype of black people. People said that to me as a 10-year-old, right? Yeah. And I went, that's not true. No one talks like that. He's an alien. Black people don't talk like sure. that. No one you talks had no like context that. for that's what, Jar Jar what was being discussed. Sure. Right. And then, like, in high school, I became really obsessed with Mansfury. I was trying to, like, get to the bottom of it. Wow. Yeah. I, I, was, I was trying to solve the world's problems. Yeah, I don't think you succeeded. No, through a 10th grade paper <laughs> that was titled Back in Blackface. Um, and I got a B-. minus. Uh, it was a terrible paper. It's a great title. If I ran for president, it'd be the first thing that came up. Yeah, like, you, you would just be disqualified immediately. It was just so. I think wrong. if you ran for president, this podcast might be the first thing that came. Yeah, up. Yeah, they just have to play all the Nemoidian clips <laughs> tied together every time I did that voice. Uh, so Jar Jar, even within the context of the Gungans, mm-hmm. is stupid. Like the Gungans aren't weird or stupid, except they talk in this like kind of baby language. Which really, Jar Jar yeah, yeah. is both talking in this obnoxious language. And really, really dumb. Okay, so this is my question number two. If the other Gungans didn't speak in the same language, would Jar Jar be less offensive? So if so, you're saying Jar Jar still talks like he talks. He goes, "Oh, Misa, oh, you great and the, life, uh, and Dad." Then, and then they go down and boss and they're like, is like, "What's up?" Oh, I'm so sorry about Jar Jar. <laughs> I think that would be really bad because then it would be like Jar Jar literally was a mentally infirm, like a disabled person who had been cast out of the Gungans. But that's why I kind of prefer like on, it. Yeah. Like on some sort of short bus, a one-way short bus out of Odo Gunga. Uh, who else should we bring? Maybe the pilot of the ship because the ship's grunting and he might be someone who knows about fucking hyperdrives. No, no, leave no. him. Let's bring Jar Jar yeah. Binks. yeah. Even, even bring up boring old Rick Olay. Like he, that's what I'm saying. Rick Olay could be yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's the hyperdrive right. engine we need. Right. I am the pilot. Right. Panaka gets stuff or done. Or Panaka. Rick Olay knows the ship. R2 even was the sure. one who fucking went out to try to fix the hyperdrive in the first place. And also, also, it's a desert planet. It's a of desert sand. planet. Jar Jar is an underwater creature. Yep. This is the worst place for him to be. Yep. He should get in a bathtub and just take it easy until they can go home. Yep. But nope. 
Out he goes with them. And if you go, well, oh, God, he owes Qui-Gon a life debt. He's going to follow Qui-Gon wherever he goes. If it's a real life debt and if Jar Jar's respectful of that life debt, then Qui-Gon should just go, hey, Jar Jar, if you want to help me like, out, do my taxes. Is he just fucking stay in the ship and do my taxes. I think the Jedi are tax exempt. Okay, but I'm just saying, <laughs> give him a menial task. No, I know, of course. Is Jar Jar following him into the shower? Like, how, how right, close does, it does he have him to everywhere? be? Anyway. I forget. Is it actually? Is it discussed? Is it like Jar Jar's like? I want to come to it. No, no, they just just cut to them walking out of the ship, and Jar Jar's in tow. He's part of the skeleton crew now. Got a two-parter for you, gentlemen. Okay. All right. Boy, is there a subtler way to establish the traits of these characters we put into question without using stereotypical tropes, or is the issue more telling to the larger problem at play in this film? that because so much effort is spent on exposition and driving the plot along, yeah. that proper character development is ignored. Okay, just quickly, before we answer that, I want all of you to know that producer Ben was reading that. That was typed up on his computer screen. Yep. Just so you don't think he's the poet laureate. <laughs> oh, and you're wondering why we're stumbling over our words for an hour, and producer Ben gets up and doesn't miss a beat. I think that Ben has a very good point about he the He does exposition. have a very good point. Yeah, Ben's uh, really is... smart. He's the poet laureate of this podcast. <laughs> Uh, because you're right. Like, yeah. n- no one gets to be uh, developed as a real character in no. this movie because there's way too much time spent yeah. on, like, so you're a Jedi, I'm a queen, uh, 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 you know, Gungan, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they just have to. Uh, yeah. So it's like, oh, well, Jar Jar will just fall over a lot. Yeah. And he's got to talk like a fucking idiot or yeah. else we're not going to get that he's stupid. Yeah, he's more... the dumb, funny one. He's the sleazy one. Yep. yep. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's true. Done. That's the problem. Yeah. George Lucas is like, well, I'm making like a Flash Gordon serial. Yeah. Everyone has to conform to a really obvious Looney Tunes type yeah. uh, archetype just so we get it. And then we can be like, oh, I have a hyperdrive for you. <laughs> the fact that we've seen this movie like 20 times and we still <laughs> we can't still don't remember. Have these details. I don't think that's a criticism on uh, on us. I think that's a criticism on the film. I yeah, think that's a- everyone's so interchangeable at all times, basically. Yeah, and also it's just hard to follow what the <laughs> fuck is right. happening. I've seen it so many times and I'm still not really sure <laughs> they what's going on. They have one thing to do, which is get a hyperdrive. Yeah, I know That's that the much. one thing they need to do. They go to one store. Yep. It is owned by a flying a, Jew. A little flying <laughs> Jewish man named Watto. With a big old belly. He is a toy Darian. Means you can't play any mind tricks on him, bro. Which means he's basically like a big fat tummy mm-hmm. and little hands and feet. Yep. And little wings that are flapping all the time. And kind of a shriveled skull head with a big floppy skin nose. Yeah, he's got an uncircumcised nose. Yeah, with this, yeah, it's got like wrinkles in it. You yeah. know, it's it's a really like care. And he's got like four teeth. Mm-hmm. And he has stubble. He has Lot like a beard, which is really yeah. gross, which he's really rubbing gross. all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, he kind of, he has bulbous, bulbing, bul- bul- bulbous eyes. Yes. And he talks like, I don't know, you can do water better than me, probably. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's my full. That's, that's the key to water. He owns a store. Uh, he has two slaves, yep. a somewhat petite, sort of quiet, placid woman named Shmi Skywalker. Yeah. And his uh, and her son, uh, Anakin, who's an eight-year-old slave. I don't know if we've discussed this in the past. Go ahead. And I don't know if it's crass I'm talking how to turn. Do we think Watto's sticking it to Shmi? Uh, we have discussed we this. We have discussed this. Because you discussed whether... Watto's the father? Whether Anakin has an uncircumcised Watto oh, right, nose yes. for a penis. <laughs> yes. Um, well, you know, Shmi says that Anakin was uh, uh, 
amazingly conceived Bullshit. out of nowhere. Bullshit. And uh, Qui-Gon thinks maybe the Force conceived him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the Force in Wada's pants. <laughs> Wada's whole operation, he's kind of like, I mean, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek. He's kind of like a Ferengi in Star Trek. And so? um Well, you know, he's sort of like a wheeler dealer who um, doesn't mess around and uh, is always looking for the right bargain and the right deal. And right, he's sort of like... It, much like the that race, it's like this sure. sort of merchant race that you can very quickly follow a quick path down to a very uncomfortable. Does he poor? Can't work on the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, he's like a wheeler deal. It was as I've said before on this podcast. It was David Schwimmer who alerted me to this. Uh, he gave some interview where he said he saw the Phantom Menace, which I love the idea of just thinking about just David Schwimmer one day buying one ticket to see the Phantom Menace, sitting down and seeing it, watching watching it, having a good time, and then Watto <laughs> shows up and he's like, "This is an offensive stereotype of Jews." Until that point, he was agreeing with me that it was the best of the films. Yeah, he was next to you, wasn't the he? The best of all the films ever made. Yeah, yeah it was I the best it. one yet. Oh, wait, you thought it was the best one yet? The best film yet? Yeah, very clearly, because wow. what else would I be referring to? There of are course. no other <laughs> films in this franchise. All I could be referring to is the medium of film. It's the right. best one of these yet. Yeah, so it beat Blank Check. It, it like, beat knocked oh. Blank Check down to number two. Yeah, I mean, talk about films with incredible sci-fi premises. <laughs> Blank Check, finally. I thought it was unstoppable, and Blank Check finally got knocked down. <laughs> Mr. McIntosh got kicked to the curb. Yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, I saw uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace opening day in Zigfield with my father, Peter Newman, my brother, Jamesy, mm-hmm. and Davey Schwimmer, yeah, Davey who Schwimmer. was my babysitter. And Davey Schwimmer leaned over and said, Wado is an uncomfortable Jewish stereotype to yeah. you. In and the I said, mid-way. get your hands off my milk duds, David! <laughs> So, uh, Watto, yeah, he owns a couple slaves, mm-hmm. and Qui-Gon makes this deal with him. Um, the hyperdrive, what is the deal? <laughs> it's if Anakin wins the pod race, he gets the hyperdrive and Anakin. They, well, originally right? it's the hyperdrive. Oh, right? no, he, right, he bets the ship as collateral, the right. actual ship. Yes. He puts that money up mm-hmm. uh, against the hyperdrive. I mean, he says, hyperdrive's faith. not worth it, you need to throw in a slave. And Watto's like, all right, well, how about the woman slave? And he's like, well, let's leave this to the chance. That cube. gets up later. At first he's just like, ship for the hyperdrive. Yeah, and then he changes the deal, which, yeah, Watto really could be like, hey, man, like, yeah. Like, what are you doing, like, you know, uh, welching on me here? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you like that word. Yeah. This, of course, is the podcast where we talk about Star Wars Episode One. Yeah, well, the, the Star Wars movie. The Phantom Menace. Right, the Phantom Menace. Um, it was the one Star Wars movie made. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes I, I, I just call it Star Wars, you know, just for brevity's sake. For sure. Well, yeah, yeah why wouldn't you call the first film in a franchise just Star Wars? Why right. would you need a subtitle? Because George Lucas had a lot of plans. He had a lot of plans. He had big epic plans for where the series was going to go, and he never got to fulfill as far as we know any of them. Yep. As far as we know, yep. uh, but we do our research. We do our research. I just feel like sometimes I get so sleepy. Yeah, sure. Um, so we uh, talk about uh, the Phantom Menace. Yeah, uh, yeah. George Lucas's uh, fourth uh, feature film. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Wait, THX eleven thirty. THX eleven thirty. Okay. That was one. That American was Graffiti. Great film. <sighs> There's another one. I always forget. One more, and then he made the Phantom Menace. There was a gap in between. There was Uh, one somewhere between like 1975 and 1999. There was one other film. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, is it about like Stalinist Russia or something? Probably something boring like that. Yeah, ST Um, is definitely the first two letters. That guy needs to learn how to make a crowd pleaser. I will say. Yeah, I mean, he he never really settled down uh, and uh, got his head out of the clouds. This was that movie. uh, It was self financed uh, with the hundred million dollars that that Hasbro toy company gave him. 
Um, and so essentially the merchandise, the cart came before the horse. The merchandise paid for the movie that was then going to result. I don't know why any company would pay $100 million for the first film in a franchise that is totally untested. But, I mean, I don't know we have the figures, but we have the box office figures. It was probably... It was probably a successful move on is it Hasbro's part. I think they overestimated demand. But you don't think they sold some toys? They did. They did, but they shipped way too many. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. So there's some landfill somewhere with like a bunch of like uh uh Gragras right. filling up a ditch. For any other Gragra actually wasn't released until two thousand seven. Okay. okay. But for okay. any okay. other film okay. in a franchise, I know because I waited. Uh, for any other film, uh, the merchandise sales would have been through the roof. The yeah, expectations. right. Oh, the expectations yeah. were way too high. They produced too many. They sent too many to stores, and so a lot of them were put on the discount. This is all important for today's episode because I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think I speak for everyone when I say that everyone loves this podcast. I mean, 100% approval rating. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, people are going bananas. Or do you mean that everyone on earth listens to it? Both. Right. And they all love it. Everyone loves it. Yeah. Everyone. Seven billion thumbs up. Anybody who's anybody, and I'm not saying like anyone who's important, I'm saying literally anybody who is a body. Yeah. And has an iPod. This pod. Or an Android. Who cares? We're, we're you know, not, not platformist. No, absolutely not. I used um, to own an Android. Oh, Jesus Christ. Not anymore. So. I used to own a Zoom. I didn't own it. Really? I'm just kidding. Android, Android, uh, uh, the the mere company name um, <laughs> comes from the droids of the Star Wars films. They pay a royalty. Do you know this? I, I had no. Is that true? The Android <laughs> company pays a royalty to George Why Lucas. Why didn't they just George Lucas one? George Lucas knows how to make a buck. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Um. But uh, two, they couldn't have just called it something else. Jeez, they could have called it TC14. They could have. Oh god, I want to fuck that phone. Um, TC14 is uh, the best. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got this wrong. They don't pay a royalty to the Android phone. It was the Motorola Droid. Oh, right. Yes. Like yeah. 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 Which was an Android phone. Right. But it was just called the Droid. This. He is, owns the word Droid. So so far we've said on this podcast that it's the best podcast ever, and everyone loves it. And then we talked about droids for five minutes. This is the worst podcast in the world. <laughs> This is actually, but like jokes aside, this is actually maybe the number one worst podcast. I, I think, existed. I think so. I think, I think we're we're pretty proud standard bearers of that title. I think so. This podcast isn't going anywhere just because the very words the Phantom Menace brings bile into my throat. Right. We're doing a couple more episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We're we're gonna uh, milk a little more blood out of this stone. Oh. And uh, once once that is done, we're we're gonna keep shop. You might have noticed. On iTunes, we're not listed as the Phantom Podcast. We're listed as Griffin and David Presents. That makes us super accessible. A, a larger branding initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll move on to talk about other stuff. I don't know what else we're going to talk about. It's, you know, We can't move on to the Star Wars saga because it's a one and done. Yeah. Uh, they pulled a real producer, Ben, on making I'm gonna, these films. Honestly, I'll do one more sweep just to double check things. But I think, unfortunately, Phantom Menace is really as far as it goes. Yeah, I think after one last... Whenever our last episode of this... Focus on the yeah, it, it's we'll not a pressing thing. Quick sweep. It's not. Uh, no I mean, rough. talk about looking for a needle in a stack of needles. Yes, um, a needle in a stack of needles. Yeah. Okay, so now we're on to uh, eBay. Um, so you're looking for this toy on eBay? No, we're gonna look for other stuff. This is what okay. I want. I told you recently that I've been bidding on Comtech lots. Uh, yeah, you did. 
Um, I think you told everyone. I think you meant maybe you only told me in private. Yeah, I might have told you in private because I was a little embarrassed. I've been getting drunk and looking for lots of contacts. Ben, Ben, producer Ben, just shaking, shaking his, his head, head. like he's. Feeling sorry for this man over here. I'm not really interested in the this figures. This hero. Okay, see, this is something I want right here. And this is a buy it now, best offer, okay? Holy, this is a pile of Comtecs. It's 19 Comtec which, chips. Which, if you haven't listened to, like, episode one when Griffin talks about this, it's this, like, complete pyramid scheme of a toy where you have to buy some kind of, like, radio com- communicator Now toys thingy. talk, like never before. <laughs> Each figure comes with a little plastic chip. And you would, like, plug the chip in. You wouldn't even plug it in. You'd swipe it over the top. Oh, it looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi's comlink communicator. Okay. And you buy that, the reader, which I maybe have somewhere. My parents are moving, so I actually have to move all my, my childhood oh, shit, from stuff. From your childhood home? Yeah. Wow. So I have to move all my stuff out of there. Are they downsizing now that uh, the kids are out of the house? Or your sisters? Uh, yeah, it's a combination of uh, emptiness and also my father being in tremendous financial debt. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, real mismanagement of funds. Sorry to hear that, bud. Do you want to you wanna say that on air? <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, cool. <laughs> my dad will never listen to this. <laughs> what if your dad listens every week? No. Okay, here's here's the plan. Sorry, Ben. Dad. Ben, I'm gonna say cut that part out, but then don't cut it out. But then I have plausible deniability because I said cut it out. Well, Do you know what I'm saying? You and should then cut you this blame part out. Me later. Cut this part out. <laughs> oh, okay. Cut the part out with me telling <laughs> you asking. to say right. cut it out. Okay? okay. Anyway, so clean edit point. Cut it out. Okay. Yeah, Ben, just cut that part out. Cool. All right, no problem. Are you just gonna read fan fiction to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> If anyone is still listening to this podcast at this moment in time, I beg you. You're just two guys staring at each other in, in front of two room. microphones in a hot room yep. reading fan fiction. Hot, hot room. About the Phantom Menace. Yep. Like, Griffin texted me this morning or last night saying, let's just do fan fiction this week. And I didn't even know how to reply to him. You didn't even respond. No. Uh, I was two in the morning. I was asleep. I'm in a really dark place right now. <laughs> Warning, this was thrown together during a mutual fit of insanity. It's written by Dr. Gonzo. This was thrown together during a mutual fit of insanity. We refuse to be held responsible for our own demented minds. Switching point of view will be indicated by headers. Spoilers, none. There's there's headers? Yeah. (laughs) Summary. A cultural ritual takes an unexpected turn when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon find themselves on opposite sides of a hole in the wall. Are you in some... (laughs) Are you in, like, an Obi-Wan Qui-Gon section of the site? Like, is this, uh... Those seem to be... That's just, that's mostly what it is. Yeah, that's most of the fan fiction that's written. It's interesting. There's no Amidala fan fiction? Very little. Nothing about, you know, Lives of the Handmaidens? Very little. Okay. Um, so the headers, there are headers uh, right right from the get-go. Okay? <laughs> so it tells you which perspective. Because I guess they're on opposite sides of the hole in the wall. So you gotta know which, which side you're on. Okay, ready? Qui-Gon. <laughs> you're, you're, you're struggling here. Qui-Gon Jinn stuck his penis through a <laughs> hole in the wall. Apparently they got glory holes. I mean, I saw it coming, I guess. <laughs> you know, the opposite sides of the wall. But I thought there would be some buildup. This story wastes no time. They're not even telling us how they got to the wall. Where it is, where the hole is, what planet they're on. Well, the hole is at sort of probably like penis height. Well, traditionally a hole in the walls. <laughs> Go on, please. Finish that sentence. Well, I've always heard that there's a place in France where the ladies ne- wear no pants and there's a hole in the wall where the guys can see it all. Right. 
Uh, I've also heard that. This uh, doesn't Aphorism. seem... Maybe that is this hall, maybe this is... Is he in France? I don't know. We don't know yet. They just started okay, so, me- media res. So just... We don't know where this story is different sentence or I want to see this. Qui-Gon Jinn stuck his penis through a hole in the wall. It wasn't an experience. That's, that's its own paragraph, by the way. That's one <laughs> sentence, period, new paragraph. That makes sense. It wasn't an experience with which he was intimately familiar, eminently comfortable. He looked surreptitiously. <laughs> what is this? Surreptitiously down the length of the wall where other holes waited at varying lengths with varying diameters. Oh, that makes sense that there would be, like, you know, it's an alien, yep. like, civilized, you know, like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of different penises and a lot of different heights and shapes yep. and sizes. It was more cold than arousing. The plasticine ring that cradled his most intimate part. So they put rings around the holes. It's not just a, a no, it's not just job. a punch. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, the cradle's most intimate parts had not been warmed in preparation for occupancy. Well, beggars can't be choosers. Furthermore, he felt rather vulnerable, considering <laughs> that he had no idea who might be on the other side of the wall. Why is he doing this? Also, he's a Jedi. He should have some familiarity. Like, he should be able to sense, should, yeah. you know, someone's feelings right. or, uh, yeah. He can sense a great disturbance in the forest. <laughs> you tell me you can't figure. Bouncing carefully on his heels to keep the circulation going, he waited. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan knelt on the cushion that had been provided for him. Oh, boy. Waiting for his first patron. God, this was embarrassing. Why would this be happening? <laughs> <laughs> what what possible reason? I'm hoping it's explained. Where I think the, I think you're right that the Amidiarez is, is crucial to the uh, to the setup here. Because, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping it un- it unfolds itself. Because we're, you know it's like we're hooked right in. Yeah. Obi Wan did what? Yeah. God, this was embarrassing. Just how did he always manage to get involved in these things? Okay, so we're learning a little more. He's This isn't the first time this has happened. I want to make this clear. This is not written by George Lucas and has nothing to do with the Star Wars expanded universe. But he is the man. <laughs> he shook away his lingering discomfort. It wasn't important, he told himself. All that mattered was doing his duty and doing it well. It would not do to shame the Jedi with a poor performance. Not far down from him was another humanoid performing his duty. So they're multi... And there's no there's no uh, separation. So there's a big wall, a lot of holes. A lot of holes. So on one side of the wall, a bunch of people are sticking their wheelies in. And the other side, a bunch of people are kneeling on cushions. Yeah. For what reason, we do not yet know. Obi-Wan found his eyes reluctantly drawn to the site. It should have been humorous, perhaps, watching a young man servicing an anonymous patron through the barrier of a wall. But somehow... Ugh, he squirmed uncomfortably, trying to watch without obviously staring. Can we skip, skip ahead? Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon uncomfortably attempted not to listen to the person that had already been enjoying the services of this establishment when he arrived. This is filled with innuendo for a thing that began with Qui-Gon putting his penis through a wall. Now they're beating now, around yeah, the bush. Right. The services. Now they're acting coy. Apparently he found this concept more exciting than o- Qui-Gon did, himself did. Still... When the Jedi Master discovered that what accepting the ritual courtesies of the Jaxterian royal court involved, he'd been glad that he could sneak away without his Padawan and Obi-Wan's customary place at his side. Now we're learning a little more. Okay, right. Qui-Gon doesn't know that Obi-Wan's on the other side of the wall. They're visiting a Jaxterian palace. Which Apparently, is like a this, glory hole civilization, This I is guess. what you do. Yeah, right, right. And he went, let me sneak away from Obi-Wan. Got him all. A little man time. Yeah. Without Obi-Wan here to witness, this was merely uncomfortable. With him here, it might have been impossible. 
Qui-Gon squirmed a bit, gazing up at the ceiling. With the squirming, Jesus Christ. This is my favorite piece of writing, so I'm... Squirmed a bit, gazing up at the ceiling. Period. Beige. Period. I could use a nice new coat of paint and a quiet beige. A quiet beige. Sure. Because, you know, I hate a loud beige. The man next to him finished with a shout, convulsing, palm slapping against the wall, and Qui-Gon blushed crimson, looking away and humming a little to himself. Jedi control. When he was accepted and pleasured, he would not make such a vulgar and embarrassing display. It would not be commensurate with the dignity of a Jedi Master. So ten- we know the stakes. This. I hate it. When he comes, he can't act <laughs> like a fool. The stage is set. That's the goal. Don't act like a fool when you bust a nut. Obi-Wan. Fighting the urge to whistle. Obi-Wan <laughs> instead settled himself on his back against the soft cushions. On his back. His back. Okay. The customs of some people would never cease to amaze him, he thought, shaking his head slightly. When the Chamberlain had told him what would be expected of him, it had been all he could do not to faint right there in the richly decorated throne room, like some flighty little child, not the Jedi he was supposed to be. David is now checking his emails. (laughs) I am not listening to you. The other servicer was certainly getting vigorous, he noted, with a touch of apprehension. This might not be as easy as he had first thought. All thoughts were wiped away when he glanced back at his own station and saw that this first patron had arrived when he wasn't paying attention. I understand. There's a dick hanging out of a hole in the wall. I, I'm, I think I can see the like ultimate twist of this story. I think I can see where it's all heading. He winced mentally. Not a good way to he start out. He winced mentally? Mentally winced. He went like this. <sighs> Not a good way to start out. Shifting forward onto his knees, he steeled himself for what he was about to do. Just duty, he reminded himself. This was a part of his mission. It must be handled like any other task. Why is he doing that? Just duties. Part of a mission. They handle like any other task. The, the last sentence explained... It did not. It explained all of it. No, it did not. A part of his brain snickered at the word handle. Why is his brain snickering and wincing? And he ignored it, calm and ready to do his service, until he got a good look at exactly what he was supposed to be servicing. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I I, I mean, this is the first time I'm genuinely intrigued. Right? Qui-Gon. The longer he waited to be attended, the more uncomfortable Qui-Gon grew. Perhaps he had stuck himself into the wrong hole. Maybe he was being filmed for purposes of blackmail. Maybe the size of his cock was just too intimidating for anyone to take him up on this ludicrous offer. We've never talked about it, but Liam Neeson is famous for being well endowed, right? Yeah. That's a long-standing film uh, Hollywood rumor, right? Within Hollywood circles, he is rumored to have one of, if not the biggest, uh, uh, penis. I hate everything that we're doing today. Janice Dickinson once said it was like a fucking Avion bottle. Janice Dickinson's the world's first (laughs) supermodel. Yeah, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, anyway, carry on. Yes, she is, you're right. He gazed longingly back in the direction of the small dressing chamber where he had left his robes and his lightsaber. Well, the metal one, anyhow. So, David, what's going on here? (laughs) No, I understand. It's like a lightsaber of the flesh. (laughs) You've made multiple lightsaber penis uh, puns in the course of us doing this podcast. That's what I'm saying. Maybe this is going to help us figure it out. (laughs) No, it's not. This might help us figure the movie out. After this story, we're done. I have six more (laughs) tabs open. 
I'm not listening to you. What are you working on right now? I'm just looking at uh, some casting rumors about Martin Freeman and Captain America. Who do you think he's going to play? I think that he's going to play like. uh, Guys, what is going on? What is going on? (laughs) He's reading a fan fiction to me. I was into it. I've been captivated this whole time. Okay, then I'll get back into it. What would you want to do with this episode, David? I don't know. We've run dry. Yeah, we've definitely run dry. What if we. We are out of Phantom Menace. We are, like, out of Phantom Menace things to do. Has this movie broken? I mean, I feel like last week was the one where we went stir-crazy, and this is the one where we're just resigned. Well, well, this is the one where we are looking where there is not information, if that makes sense. I suggested reading the novel. You said you didn't want the time commitment, (laughs) considering that's only 5% different than the book. I suggested playing the PlayStation game. You said you didn't want to because it got bad reviews. (laughs) No, I wouldn't play it. I just don't have a PlayStation I don't either. I have PlayStation 3, but I thought we it was t- probably on the store. We could buy it on iTunes. Yeah. Wait, is the PlayStation iTunes game significantly eBay. different? No, probably not. I think you <laughs> play from Obi-Wan's perspective. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what to do, David. Yeah, I know. Just read me another uh, plot description. Qui-Gon relaxed suddenly. His intuition's telling him that he was, quite literally, in good hands. See what they did there? That's great. I like that. I yeah. like that. I, really? Yeah. We that's uh, you might notice on uh, iTunes, we're listed as Griffin David presents, which yeah. has made us difficult for some people to find. Yeah, on people iTunes. are like, I keep Googling Phantom Menace or whatever, you know. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I Google Phantom matter. podcast and I get a podcast about the Phantom, the old radio serial. Hey, guys, you could have gone with my suggestion, which Griffin was and Griffin Simsburg. and Simsburg. Griffin Griffin Simsburg. Simsburg. Yeah, yeah, that would have been so easy to Google. Yeah, of course, that's <laughs> the poet. That's laureate. an autocorrect nightmare. Poet laureate of the Phantom Podcast, Ben Deucer, a.k.a. Hey, hey, ben. The producer, a.k.a. producer Ben. A.k.a. Hello Fennel. Hello Fennel. Yeah. Hello Fennel. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, oh God, what a panty dropper that one is. Um, <laughs> Maybe we should be called Hello Fennel. We could be called Hello Fennel. That well, might be easier to Google. I'll contact iTunes. But I said I cracked the code. You did. You, you were very excited. I said a lot of these things we pitched about doing a podcast about have a through line. I realize that that is what attracted us to the Phantom Mass in the first place. Yeah. And is the kind, what someone does when they're given complete creative freedom. Yeah, or they have a lot of Hollywood capital to spend on a sort of a passion project maybe. Yes. You know what my dad used to call it? My dad and I we used to call it the get out of jail free card. Right. So it's like, th- there's this idea that if in Hollywood they have, you know, short memories. Yes. So if you fail, it doesn't matter how many times you succeeded before that you're out. Yeah. But sometimes you have a success that's so big, you get a get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah. So you can make one wild folly, one extreme passion project. Sometimes they turn out well. And sometimes you get to make a bunch of them. Like, sometimes Hollywood just keeps forgetting, like the Wachowski brothers, you know, like our yes. Wachowski siblings. They, if it's know, that big. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just you just keep getting handed the keys to something. You, get a, you keep on getting get-out-of-jail-free cards. Often you just get... The, the one. Right. Yeah. The idea is that you can flop that big because you know they'll give you one more chance afterwards. Right. You get out of yeah. movie jail. Yeah. They take you out of movie jail. And they, they take you off the bench. Um, that We're fascinated by that. A lot yeah. of – when we talk about projects, we always talk about the context of – remember, this is what they were coming off of. And, uh, you know, of course, George Lucas coming off the massive success of THX 1138, American, and American Graffiti, Graffiti. Yeah. and maybe one movie in between. And he'd been a producer for films. Producing Indiana Jones. That yeah, was a big that's franchise. a good movie. Yeah. 
Uh, it's a good movie. Yeah, I like um, that movie. Yeah. But and, but as we've talked about a lot, um, uh, the Hasbro toy company uh, paid $100 million for the rights right. to this film. So he had complete creative control. He was working outside the studio system. They trusted him implicitly. And that was what was fascinating to us is this movie was not uh, uh, fettered by the studio heads yeah. coming in, the mucking about, going, hey, change this, change this. He made exactly what he wanted to make. Yep. And I think for us, that's fascinating when someone, when all the chips are down and they go, I'm finally getting to make something the way I want to. And a couple times it's resulted in some of my favorite pieces of art ever. Yes. Are you thinking of anything particular? There's one movie I'd really like to cover, my favorite movie of all time. I think we'll oh. save it for later. Yeah, we'll save that for but later. My favorite movie of all time is falls into that category squarely. Yes. right. And uh, you have never seen it. No, I've never seen it. Yeah, so I want to do an episode. To make it clear that we're not always just going to shit on stuff. Yeah, no. And we also went into we're this thinking we were going to love. Yeah, yeah. We thought we were going to crack there the There are things we liked yes. that maybe have now just been tarnished beyond repair. But, 100%. you know, we definitely originally liked. Can remember the good movie. times. Yeah. Go back and remember the good times. Yeah. Um, the best of them, the best one yet. Yeah, but our yeah. point is, it's not just going to be like, oh, movies that flopped or movies that failed or trying to, whatever. we're going to talk no, about. No, no, no. This, this is what fascinates yeah. us. Yeah. It's, it's when someone has all the clout and the heat to make exactly what they want. Yeah. And, and how it turns out. Because I guess it's an idea. People go, oh, art, business, commerce mixes in, the executives, da-da-da-da-da. A lot of times when someone's given complete artistic control, it's yeah. a disaster. Oh, no. But it's yeah. but it's never bland or like boring or yes. Hollywooded to death. No. Or, I mean, hell, we saw Mad Max yes. uh, last week. And there's a perfect example. It went right. Yeah. But, you know. Of something that could have easily just been a, a you know, oh, yeah. total like spectacle yeah. of folly, but instead he, you know, he, good job, George. If Fury Road had come out ten years ago, we would definitely Miller, be doing Lucas. a podcast about it. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, it would be be right in our wheelhouse. And that's a movie. Why did he get to make that? Because of Happy Feet. <laughs> Seriously, because Happy Feet was and so Happy successful. Feet yeah. Well, Happy Feet two didn't do as well, but but he was already. Uh, good no, to you're, go. You're right. On Happy Fury Feet Road. was such a uh, surprise, profitable, and Oscar-winning like hit for. Uh, it was DreamWorks? one of the for uh, Warner Brothers. For Warner Brothers, who did not right, an animation led, department. Right, 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 right. Um, who also produced uh, Mad, Mad Max. Max. Yeah, and uh, it was it was at the time of its release one of the ten highest-grossing films that Warner Brothers had ever released. That's crazy, including like six Harry Potter. Movies. Happy Feet is, by the way, like not a good movie, but has a great. I don't like that movie personally. Maybe I'm you very like it. conflicted. Has a great opening twenty minutes when the yeah. when he's a baby, it's so good. Yeah, when he's Elijah Wood or whatever. Ugh, well, I, Happy Feet would have worked better. Uh, the Fury Road version, where it was like, let's just keep it to one thing and just yeah. do the shit out of this one thing. Like yeah. the great thing about Fury Road is it's just one fucking chase as a movie. Yeah. Uh, getting back to what this podcast is ostensibly about, Adam's Family Values. Uh, yeah, I love Adam Sandler. We should, we can should we do, do one on that? Because yeah, that's definitely. my literally one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I would time. happily do yeah. that. Eat me. Um, that wasn't me telling that. That was a that's that was an a Pugsley uh, reference. That's an AFV uh, poll for any of you AFV fans out there. Um, so the the podcast is going to continue. We're going to cover other things. We've gotten a lot of suggestions from fans. We've talked about a lot of things. Yeah. I think by popular demand, our hands are tied. We got mean, it. We got to do judging the judge. I get. 50 tweets a day about this. No, judging the judge. No, I don't get it. Uh, so you might think we're joking, but... Uh, judging we, the judge is coming up. Yeah, so here's here's the idea. Right now, this is... You're listening to the season finale of the Phantom Podcast. Woo! Uh, Looks like we made it. Early June, commentary episode. Then we're coming back, week or two after that, with judging the judge. It's yeah. 100% happening. 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch the movie The Judge. I'm really excited. It's great. So if you, it's terrible. So if you subscribe, if you're subscribed to Griffin Daily Presents, it will just be a continuous podcast. Judge and the Judge. We will have a new title in terms of how we present it. The artwork will be different, but it'll be the same fucking podcast. Wherever you listen, it'll be right there in the same place. Yeah. Uh, and 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 then after that, I don't know. We'll 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 see. Uh, after we're, that. we're gonna yeah, we'll figure something. We'll figure out. it out. But we'll keep the theme going of of grand follies uh, or wild successes coming off of massive successes. Yeah. What people and do when they're giving complete judging the judge freedom. fits that because David Dobkin had just made Fred Claus. Did he make something in between? Actually, my, no my, uh, he made the change up, which was a big flop. Oh. My, my take on it is that it's Downey Jr. coming no, off the heat I agree of the you. Avengers. I movies. know. I Being just, able to make whatever he wants. Uh, the change up is another movie I never saw, but it's really bad, right? It's bad. I actually, That's the one with the uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman, Peanut Pool. Yeah. yeah. I think I've seen Peanut every Fountain. David Dobkin movie, which is astounding because I like zero David Dobkin movies. You don't even like uh, Clay Pigeons? Is that the one he. Uh, oh, it's okay. That, it's okay. Uh, but back to the matter at hand, the Phantom, man, Stars Wars, Stars Wars, Stars Wars, War. Star Wars episode one, episode. one <laughs> the Phantom Menace. It was supposed to be part of a big sci-fi saga, and it never got off the ground. As we all know, there's only one of these movies, yeah, and that's definitely. what's fascinating to us is that it's, it's a dead end. Um, we started this podcast, uh, not this episode, uh, but the, the oh oh lone uh, nine episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, started this with one explicit goal. Answer yeah. one question. So simple. Answer one question. Is it simple? We thought so. Yeah. Much like Sarah Koenig, we thought answering one question was going to be easy. That's still going on, by the way. Yeah. They got some J uh, testimonial. I don't know. I don't care about Sarah. And Lane what's crazy is we exciting. answered her question in our first episode. Of course. Yeah. We know, we know the answer. Yeah. Not as guilty. Yeah. No question. Fucking lock them away forever. And Anna and Jay did it together, and they're both guilty. <laughs> That's why the stories don't make sense because each of them has half the story because they're trying to. No, I understand. I, fu- yes, I yeah, fully yeah. because they. Don't. I do think yeah, Adnan was involved. Jay was involved. Some in right, some and way or the stories don't match up with anything because each of them kind of has half the information, but they have to cut out the parts where they were involved. As dumb, stupid, um, d- dumb, dumb. Anon and Jay are dumb. Uh, we we've come in with one question that we thought was easier to answer, and we failed entirely. Yeah. What is Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Mass? We did fail. I mean, we would always come. We'd brush against it, maybe. We'd have a theory that would, that had some grounding, but we'd never. But I feel like a lot of our answers were delivered in this tone. Uh, so what do you wait? What the Phantomass is about uh, trades. Do you, do you know what this sound is right here? That sounds like Comtech chips. This is thirty dollars worth of Comtech chips. Wow! I have not been able to recover my Comtech reader. Good, perfect, great. So we're just going to open the They're chips. They're just extra useless. And we're going to play for you the sounds of how the chips sound just physically as items, as plastic tchotchkes. I've actually, I'm actually a little excited to hold these things because I've heard about them okay, so, so much. Okay, so this is a cardboard box, and inside is a Taco Bell bag. Ooh! This is wrapped in a plastic Taco Bell bag. Oh wow! Yeah, so let's just rub some of these chips together in here. What do you got? You got the a boss nas. I got a boss nas here. Okay, and I got here, what are the, what is it? Luke Skywalker? I don't know who the fuck this is. Well, Skywalker, that's Anakin's name, so maybe that's his, like, grandpa or something from a novel. It says aspiring pilot, so maybe this is... We got Qui-Gon, we got Amidala. I have something that is just Star Wars. I don't really know what that is. That's the one that comes with the Comtech Reader. It's just got some various uh, uh, sound effects. I got Adi Gallia here, member of the Jedi Council. Yes. Uh, Rick Ollier. uh, Oh. He's excitedly showing me. Yep. Oh, Um, I got two of the big ones right here. I got got Anakin, 
Anakin Skywalker. These are all numbered, by the way, and on the back they have a name and a status. Anakin Skywalker, son of Shmi Skywalker, owned by Watto. And then I got Kaya D. Mundi. And I'm going to play for you right here. Here's the sound of two contexts being rubbed together. Yeah, this is really exciting podcasting. I'm just looking for TC14 right now. We got to get a TC14 here, right? There was definitely a fit. Let's dump these all out. Admiral Mahdi, I don't know who he is. Yeah, he's probably extended. Gives a shit. Sounds stupid. Uh, Naboo foot soldier. Great. Uh, this is this is now seeing them all split out on the table like this. This was uh, a, a really stupid purchase. Oh, you like this one though, don't you? Well, that's interesting. And just quickly before we uh, analyze your analysis, I want to make it clear that you were reading that from a pre-written text. <laughs> Poet laureate himself. Because I don't want people thinking that he just spins this shit off his brain and suddenly every time he's so concise. Griffin. Hey, smart, good work, good writing, but don't think that came right off the top of the dome. Put, put the ruler away. Reading off a pre-prepared document. Go on. Excellent point raised in that pre-prepared statement you just read off computer screen, man. <laughs> Those are hot takes, and they definitely... Man, I'm going to need some mittens for those yeah. takes. Yeah, they're definitely a little too hot to handle, and also it's easy to come up with takes that hot when you take the time to write them in advance. I just, I'm just i not diminishing your accomplishment, but I want to make it clear, you and I are just riffing, David. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just throwing off the top of the dome. We're like jazz musicians. Yeah, exactly. It's almost... The things we don't say are as important as the things we do. A hundred percent. Especially during fan fiction episodes where you mostly talk about Qui-Gon's penis. Oh, God. Well, um, so, you know, we'll be taking a little break. We'll be coming back with a bonus app uh, early June yeah. of the uh, feature-length commentary, our last time watching The Phantom Menace that oh, week. Yeah. Um, and then we'll be doing Judging the Judge. And after that, I mean, sci-fi is fun to cover. So you know what I'm thinking? IMDb has a feature where similar to? movie connections. Yeah. So you can see, like, other things that are similar. So we can see if we can find any comparisons here. Um, let's see here. There's a references section. So apparently Phantom Menace references... Casablanca, Citizen Kane, The Wizard of Oz, Metropolis, and the Buster Keaton classic Seven Chances. I did not pick up on any of those references. Uh, yes. But apparently it also references the film Viva Zapata because it features the line, wipe them out, all of them. Okay. Stupid. But let's look up here. Uh, other similar film. Wait a second. What do you got? Um, I guess is one of the similar films hmm, to The Phantom Menace. So a movie that came after it. Well, there's a section here, and it says followed by. Followed by? Star Wars Episode Two. Well, that one assumes that would have been the title of the failed sequel that was not picked up by a studio or anything like that. Right, Ben? I'd assume so, yeah. yeah, yeah. But sometimes IMDb has credits for films that are in development. Yeah, right, exactly. But hold on. This one has a subtitle. It says Attack of the Clones. Yeah, it's Wait, a, what? It's not a great title. Interesting. And then... In parentheses next to it is 2002. So that was when it was the planned release date. Was I two- don't think I would be worked that way. Let me click <laughs> on this link. What are you talking about, Griffin? By the way, the, I'm the so day, confused. The day we're recording this right now, David pointed out, is the 17th anniversary 16, of the release. 16th, 16th anniversary. anniversary of the release of The Phantom Mass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't be that. listening to it on that day, but know that we're doing it that day. Wait a second, David. Release date, May 16th, 2002. Box office gross three ten domestic three hundred ten dollars. So it probably just played in the one no, theater. Three hundred ten million. Runtime one forty two minutes. Then you have one twenty IMAX version. Face. Sound mix DTS Dolby Digital EX color two point three five to one aspect ratio. This sounds like a finished movie. There's another movie. There's, There's another, another movie. Star Wars movie. The whole time under the under our noses. There's an, who who to thunk? 
He did it. <laughs> the crazy bastard. <laughs> the crazy bastard did it. He pulled it off. Star Wars Episode Two: oh. The Phantom Menace. I assume the whole cast is back. Wait, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, Ewan wait. McGregor's Obi Wan Kenobi, of course. Natalie Portman is Padme, of course. And then playing the role of Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen. Oh, the guy who was in Life Is a House. But that's weird. Everyone, other actors are the same, and then suddenly. So is this set significantly in the future? Is Natalie Portman going to be wearing old age makeup because probably enough times. Yes. And that title? How much much concept of time do you have here? I don't know. That title, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that's a a mediocre title. I would think, though, I mean, what? The breakout star of The Phantom Menace was Darth Maul. Well, or or Gragra. Right. Sure, yeah. Darth Maul dies. He does. So you're just going to, wait, wait. So we've just discovered there is another Star Wars movie. I can't. This I is can't crazy. This is huge, by this the way. This is insane. We're going to need to clear out, judging the judge, but then we're going to need to clear out some time to do this. We're going to do judging the judge, and then I think we're going to devote another 10 weeks. What? We're going to become Attack of the Podcast. Attack of the Podcast. There yeah, you go. we'll do Attack of the Podcast. There's an episode two. That's insane. You know, this actually all seems very familiar. I might have actually, like, been aware of that at the time. I think I just sort of focused so hard on yeah. Phantom Menace. You know, the crazy thing is, now that we're talking about it, I think I might have seen it three times in theaters. And you maybe own a ton of toys related to it, is my I maybe d- I might have a whole thing to launch into there. But I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> no, me neither. I don't remember anything about it, but no. I, I probably spent upwards of $200 on merchandise Jesus, because at that point, older. My, my allowance was greater. Yeah. Oh, boy. So my prediction, by the way, is bringing down the Jedi, Jedi corruption is felled, by Renegade, Obi-Wan, and Anakin. Yoda is revealed to be the Yoda is the true evil. villain. Yeah. Maybe he's working with Sidious. And your prediction is an army of Darth Maul clones being fought by our heroes yeah. on probably Gungan grounds. Yeah, and they yeah. got to get the gang back together. Exactly. you got to bring back the original team. So it's Queen Amidala. It's maybe even some of the handmaids. Rick Ollier is in there. Yeah, definitely Captain Panaka. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, Jar Jar, R2, C3, TC. Uh, Gragra, Wada, Saboba pops up. Again. All, the, yeah. all yeah. our favorite friends. Yeah. They all team up. It's like it's your ult- It's the Avengers. That sounds great. We need every character from the Phantom Menace universe to team up. My expectations could not be higher. They because be, yeah. the whole time we're complaining. Ugh, this is a movie pointing to a sequel that never happened. It happened. There was a second Star Wars movie. It happened, and and also, I mean, look. Fan response was not great at the time of its release. He had to take that constructive criticism. I'm to sure heart. he did. I'm sure he took everything that they said to heart, especially about like too much CGI, not enough practical elements in your sets, things like that. I'm sure he was like, "You're right, guys. Next time, it's going to be a little more tactile." Yeah, I own all the toys, but I know nothing about it, and I can't wait to crack in. All right. Okay, and that was our episode. Tune in next week for our second best of with Attack of the Podcasts, and please always. Rate, review, subscribe, and hey, why don't you tell your friends about us, huh, Blankies? This episode is actually a great Rosetta Stone into the Blankyverse. So, just a nice suggestion for all you lovely people out there in the world. Uh, Let's hope 2017 is better. Yeah, all right. Well, this has been Producer Ben. We have a super cut. All the best TC14 moments to play us out. And on behalf of Griffin, David, and myself, we'd like to thank all the fans for your continued support. Thanks, guys. Bye. Jedi's walk in. Yep. They dock. 
they, they're, they walk in. They're they're led uh, to a room by a protocol droid named TC14. Oh, I think. God, what a great character. She's very shiny. She Love looks, her. Uh, like uh, nothing. Carry on. We haven't seen anything that looks like her before. She's one of a kind. TC14. This is sort of George Lucas's take on a ditzy secretary. Is that is that the idea? She's been mind wiped so many times. She's sort of like, ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. Well, uh, she does that a lot. She's, a, she's she sort of, leads them in. Uh, yeah. Please sit down. Can't remember her own mother's name. Oh, TC one, one four. No, no, but her mother's. Oh, TC one, the original, the OG. <laughs> exactly. Um, the OT. Exa- yeah, but she. But the OTC. TC fourteen, our favorite lady. She's so smart. Maybe the hottest bitch in the game right oh, now. She's so smart and sexy. David, do you remember when I told you that I had some bad news? Oh boy, yes. And it was oh, John Fenson. Oh God. Played How disappointing could it be? TC14, we want to meet the actress. Right. Oh, it's a guy. He's right. a, a grip. It's his only acting role. <laughs> right? Sure. I've now found out who is the voice of TC14. Yes. And I have some great news for you. It, it is better than we ever could have imagined. Is it Olivia de Havilland? TC14 is played by one of our mutual favorite underrated actresses. Who? TC14 is played by the great Lindsay Duncan. Oh, what? She is. Oh, Lindsay Duncan is a treasure. But uh, who knew? Wow. The great Lindsay Duncan has three lines as the voice of a robot who serves tea. <laughs> oh, God. I just can't. Now, if I... What? You want to... As if I didn't already want to fuck TC14, <laughs> now that I know it's Lindsay Duncan, call me crazy, but I think we'd actually make a good couple. Yeah, you'd make a great couple. Right? I mean, it depends. I don't know what Lindsay's looking for at this point in her life, if she maybe wants to have a little fun with a younger man. I think she might. And also, I mean, let's be honest, I'm not that much fun. I mean, if she wants to have a little fun with a younger man, I'm the choice. But, like, the idea is, like, sometimes someone older dates someone younger and they're like, oh, I can't keep up with him. Right. You can keep up with yeah, him. Yeah, you can keep up with him. I mean, but you do have to watch, like, a lot of, like, DVDs in your apartment. Yeah, but that's the point. You get to stay on the couch and drink tea, and then right. you, you have to watch Chicken Run a bunch. Ooh, Chicken Run. She, she, she might be a voice in Chicken Run for all we know. I don't know if she's a voice in Chicken Run. I want to <laughs> fuck that chicken. John Fensum is in the, physical the suit, yes, in the suit for TC14 uh, with that real sort of come hither, Marilyn yeah, Monroe sort of herky-jerky. Yeah, yeah. fuck me uh, physicality. Um, I mean, he's really playing sort of the eye candy of the movie. I agree. I feel, you know, not conflicted that it was played by a man. It's certainly broadening no, my sexual cares? horizons because yeah. I, I really, really want to fuck TC14 with every movement. Oh, boy, skipping straight down to Lindsay Duncan. As the voice of TC14. That's one we really wanted to get to. Like like pouring honey on a dick, you know? Absolutely. My favorite Lindsay Duncan performance is as the voice of TC14 in the wet dream that I had last <laughs> night. That is my favorite. All right, of so her she's a good. She's a great. Okay. What was the point you were building up to here? Oh, what? Well, you're a professional actor. Yeah. What part would you want most in The Phantom Menace? You could have any part. Like, what part would you most want to sink your teeth into? You're asking, the, not a joke answer. No, not a joke answer. I mean, you can give me a joke answer if you want. But in the script, in as, fact, give me your joke answer and then give me your my real joke answer. Joke answer is Grogga. Obviously. And my serious answer. Yeah, or TC14's boyfriend, a part you would write oh, into the movie. Yeah. And that's where TC14 being like, these are some Jedis. Fucking hottest shit in the world. The hottest piece <laughs> in the galaxy. Uh, she knows they're Jedis because they're public presentation as hobo people with laser swords. But, right, but they do. <laughs> is it possible? That I didn't get TC14. Well, was she, did she have a Comtech check? Yes, 100%. She had a figure and she had a Comtech check. Well, it looks like you didn't get her, so congrats. Well, great. The fucking $35 spent for nothing. For not. This is awful. This is the worst day of my life. <laughs> no. 
No, it's not. There's some really good ones here. Oh, you're right, because Saving Grace, what's here? A second package. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. A second package. It says fragile. fragile on it. What is this? David, I told you I had surprises. You did. I showed up late, and you were in the bathroom, so you didn't even see I brought this box in. You didn't Holy even know it was here, Planet. I didn't, what am actually. I? What? What's coming out of this? There oh my she god! Is. Wow. What? Deluxe 12-inch okay. right. electronic talking TC14. I'm gonna hold it to the mic. It's very quiet, but it's working. Come on, TC14. Come on, Lindsay. That, nope. that, that was not picked up by the microphone. Okay, I'm gonna listen to. I, I'll tell you the phrase that says, "I'm TC14 at your service." Oh God, I bet you are. <laughs> my master will be with you shortly. You're my master, TC14. Master my body. We are greatly honored by your visit. Yeah, wait until I visit your vagina. Make yourself comfortable in your vagina. And this way, ambassador, into my vagina. All right. So that's TC14. I have a disgusting sexual obsession. Is there like an ex machina sequel coming, but it's just about you trying to build a TC14? Probably. Yeah. Just, just to be clear, like, I'm not into, like, submissive treatment of women. That's not, like, sexually what gets my bag. But TC14 is not a woman. She's a robot. So I'm really into that. Just sexy 